0: Hello, my name is Janet Lee. I'm the illustrator for Return of the Dapper Men and a new book coming out this summer called Sea Sirens. And this is 11 o'clock comics.
1: Perfect. One take, two. Goddamn professional, that's what you yeah, are. That's,
2: that's that's what's
1: up. Just back up, dapping in the house.
3: That is what up. <laughs> it's almost like I'm um, excited you are excited but they <laughs> they don't know why you're excited no they don't they, they don't. don't well too. it depends depends on what you te- put in the show notes well you know well, what I'm got about to put it on the show notes yeah
4: I know so they do know why we're excited
3: unless some of them and I'd love to know how many listeners just download. And pop it in scenarios, ears, and just run with it, and right, yeah. Read the show notes. That's the equivalent of not looking at jump. the the previews. Yeah. Oh, I never do. Yeah, I mean, when I, I when I listen to podcasts, to I never. Play. It's good stuff. Well, the only time I do is if is if I'm searching for play. like the wrestling podcast, I'll I'll <laughs> look for something that you know that's talking about a paper. No, because my brother listens to um to a couple of them, so he'll usually tell me which ones you know like that. I I should I don't I don't subscribe to them, but he'll. Mm-hmm me which ones to check out and and like i listened to tony shivani review um the ecw pay-per-view which was really fun but so those i would look for the descriptions because i don't want to listen to something i'm keen on but yeah i mean if, if if people download ours if they subscribe to the podcast and just download and don't read the show notes i'd be very interested to know who reads the episode description
4: Well, listeners, let us know. Yeah. Do you do you are you in the habit of reading the description and then opting whether or not to listen? Or you just hit play and then
3: uh which it, would mean, the are roll. you going and so so tell us if you are very surprised when you hear this episode or were you looking forward to this episode because you read the description?
1: Well, it's it's rocking a hard place from a production standpoint because you can't have someone on and right. not, and not publicize that fact in the show notes. You know, right. but on on the flip side, it would be nice if they you know, pressed play and we had someone that they would like to hear from on other than us, of course. Of course. So it's tough. It's tough. But you know what's not tough? What's not tough? This here podcast that we do called eleven o'clock comics. Oh, snap. Yeah. And this is episode six hundred and four, my Damn. friends. Damn. And I'm Vince B. You
4: are Vince B and I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I am the omnisexual umbra
1: sprite. <laughs> well you are omnisexual, but you're not you're not the umbra sprite sprite. You are Jason Wood, everybody yeah. in the house, all together again, good times. And uh in case you didn't pick up on it before, um or in the banter there, we have a guest this episode. And we'll be getting to that very soon. But first, you know the drill. This episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get right. your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a mere fraction of what everybody is paying. Now, as of this recording, I'm checking right now to make sure that I. Okay. As of this recording, DCB Service has not put their list of specials up yet Whoa, for the month it's
3: only may 2nd
1: it is i know so we're in that limbo area mm-hmm. where we don't limbo. know but you can rest assured the discounts once posted will be both deep and plentiful
4: so plentiful there are a
1: ton of marvel trades that are going to find <sighs> their way to my list this time <sighs> there, all there of them are. you're
4: gonna buy all of them trades.
1: not all of them but i mean i was just counting as i'm most flipping. of them yeah, I as Guardians of the Galaxy volume 2, there's Black Panther in there. There's like a ton of Marvel trades, so I'm going to have to adjust my order accordingly this month. Yeah, heard, but heard. Discount Comic Book Service it does not mind late orders or order editions and your books, you get your books all delivered nice and safe and sound right to your door. DCBservice.com. Nice.
3: Yeah, I have um, I've I've finished going through um, the Marvel and the DC catalogs. I am not quite halfway through the previous catalog, so I will hopefully have my DCBS reveal because the box arrived to Monday or Tuesday, and my reveal and previews. What the hell? Reveal slash previews video should be recorded tomorrow evening. Wait, what the hell? You got your well, box before me. How's that possible? That
1: is crazy. Correct. Are you sure you didn't get it? I didn't get it.
4: Bummer. I get in the box nice. every week, so it's hard for me to. Yeah,
1: yes, well, can. I'm not impatient.
4: Right. So
3: <laughs> I can wait. It's fun waiting.
4: Got got a box today, in fact. Damn y'all. Well,
3: sounds- I got a box, but it's from it's from a listener. Sounds like.
4: Oh, that- I got that box too. I'm just saying, I, I got a DCB. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Got some copra in there.
3: What? Yeah, the, the fr- Cobra but it was it was weird. The, the The volumes that were released on this week's Diamond List was one, three, and five. Oh, oh that's, that's, let me look.
1: Let me that's look. just stupid. That is so stupid. <laughs> Even uh, though they all
3: they, they all came out this
1: month.
4: I have one, four, and five in, in this package.
3: That's hilarious. So I assume
4: I hope two and three are still coming. <laughs> <heard> it, so.
3: <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad I didn't order all the copra volumes and instead opted for the James Groman. Batman. I am vital. glad you did that too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That pleases me. What y'all drinking? Cause I got a surprise. Oh, yeah. We'll, I'm... well, we'll save that for last. Then
4: I'll all see
3: what right. Jason's drinking. <laughs> well, I what know. I'm drinking
4: is directly tied into a thank you I have. So, uh, our, our good friend and listener, Mr. Zach Davis, um, was kind enough, I believe, to send us all something. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Um, he reached out to me very, very kindly, and it's 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 I don't know how many years doesn't matter how many years I've been doing this, it's always very humbling when this happens. Uh thanking us for the show. Um by the way, listeners, y'all are slacking because because Mr. Davis has listened to our show three times.
3: He's currently <laughs> on the stir, but he explains no, Wait, wait, wait,
4: that's wait. possible.
1: He hasn't listened to the last episode three times. He's listened to every episode three every episode times. No, no, that's He's, what
4: I mean. He has listened to the entirety of our beautiful and, uh, cacophony of, of yes. craziness three times, but but Zach reached out as he did I think to y'all and uh, he said hey uh, you know thanks so much I want to send you a token I said not necessary he said he insisted but he said that he had had um, comics for the two of you that just made sense yep. but he didn't have any comics that just popped into his mind that he that he didn't think I already had and um, was struggling but he said he knew from listening to the show that I'm a fan of, uh, of of the beer and in particular stouts. So he sent me some of those. And uh, so the package came and it was a Wumba package. Uh, and while there are beers, which I'll get to here in a second since it's the drink roll call. Um, I also want to mention that he also threw in a couple goodies. He threw in a GI Joe 25th anniversary um, two pack of storm shadow and snake eyes. Oh which my is awesome. God. And that will go right in the comic room. And then he included, um, and I didn't even know these existed, a, uh, a uh, in-sealed um, Astro City Samaritan action figure, which is oh, dope because yeah. yeah, yeah, he knows yeah. that I reviewed Astro City last year uh, yeah. as part of the Patreon. Um, but then the beers, the, the, the glorious beers, the he beers. sent me two four-packs. Um, one is, which I drank during our interview, which uh, <laughs> we'll get to, was... Called CEO Stout from Right Brain Brewery, and it is a stout brewed with real coffee beans. And I must tell you that when I first saw the label, I thought, uh oh, because I've had some coffee flavored beers and wines, not, not the least of which was, I believe, uh, a New York Comic Con pre show, um, that I didn't care for. I thought the coffee overwhelmed the uh, underlying taste of the alcohol. But in this case, my dude got it on point. I loved this freaking beer. Uh, I can't believe I have three more cans to drink because uh, it was fantastic. So that's CEO Stout. Uh, and then the other four-pack, which I just opened and took a sip of, and it is equally delicious, uh, is from Rochester Mills Beer Company. And it is the original Milkshake Stout. And Zach knows that uh, milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard, so he sent me this. And it is Milk Stout Ale Brewed with Milk Sugars and Cocoa Nips. And I know that sounds like it's sweet, but it's not. It is not. It tastes basically like Guinness. It's got a teeny, teeny little bit of a sweeter aftertaste than Guinness, but it's still very much uh, a stout, which has a, a bite, you know, a, bit, a, a almost bitter aftertaste, which is what I like about it. So I salute you, Mr. Davis. I love the action figures. I absolutely adore the beers, and I desperately hope that I can get these beers around me locally. I don't know if it's possible, but i sure as I'm going to find out. Nice. So, you say milk,
3: my body says fart.
1: Mmm.
4: Yes.
3: Cool. Um, (laughs) Cool. Well, since Vince has a surprise, (laughs) drink-wise, I will... um, And my my drink isn't anything new or unusual, except that instead of wine tonight, it's bourbon. But it is the Bullet Bourbon Frontier Whiskey, uh, which was a bottle that was actually gifted to me um, from the brother I mentioned a little while ago. And Zach sent me a stack of comics uh, from Dark Horse and from New England Comics Press. Uh, I now have in my possession yet again various issues of The Tick, Uh, 5, 9, 10, 11, 12, Um, Paul the Samurai, number 6, which was a Tick spinoff, And Tick Omnibus Volume 2, Thursday, Ad Infinitum. Um, And Tick Big Blue Destiny, number one. And from Dark Horse, it is a bunch of various Mask issues. Uh, Mask World Tour, which I've never read, but it looks like Mask invades Comics' Greatest World and the Dark Horse Superheroes universe. Um... Mask Southern Discomfort. Um, the Mask Strikes Back, a couple of issues of that miniseries, series the second issue of the official movie adaptation of the Mask, and a couple of issues of the Mask Return. So I have Oh, and The Adventures of The Mask, which is a um is based on the cartoon. Um from back in the day. So uh, with a Bruce Timm cover. So I will have some back issues to hunt for at New York Comic Con as I will need to fill some of uh, some of these issue runs. But uh, I cannot thank you enough, Zach. Thank you so very, very much. Awesome. Yes,
4: excellent.
1: Did you say what you're drinking?
3: Yes, the Bullet Bourbon.
1: Yes, okay. Well... I'm on beer number four, which means this show is going downhill very fast. We started early, folks. Right, we did. From Southern Tier, I'm, I drank uh, two cans of 2X Smash Double India Pale Ale. I drank uh, New School IPA from Southern Tier, and I'm also drinking right now, for also from Southern Tier, Citra Hopped Live Pale Ale. Yes. Nice. And to seg to the Zach Davis box mm-hmm. that I received, I'm just going to read uh, his letter. I hope he doesn't mind, but he can't say anything about it right now. Um, <laughs> Dear Vince, I put together a bunch of stuff I've come across in my travels. I've gotten the joy out of them that I, all of the joy that I that I possibly get. And there is something in here that you don't have, uh, hopefully. The Skullfucked by Ghouls comes as I bought it. It came with a prison shank, blood, ca- blood capsules, a bloody skull necklace, and an IV bag. Crazy. If that doesn't scream Vince B., then I haven't been listening. I'm currently on my third listen <laughs> through the podcast as I drive a lot. And I just wanted to thank you guys in a small way for all that you do. Keep up, up the great work. Yeah, he's amazing. This um, Skull Fucked by Ghouls is <laughs> is all kinds of offensive, man. I mean, there is everything uh, naked ladies and penises um and blood sometimes all of them love. in the, yeah in the same image um uh, yes it is so offensive and i love every bit of it it's in full color and it's a prestige it's a square bound uh book but it is dirty and filthy and bloody and uh yeah it's just whew, yeah keep it away from the kiddies. But thank you. <laughs> and he gave me a copy of Cullen the Barbarians Volume 2, nice. which is notable for not only having the Howard Shaken Red Sonia story, but there is a Neil Adams uh, story in here as well. He gave me two issues of Wrapped in Plastic. It's the Twin Peaks magazine. Uh, I originally had the entire run of this magazine, but I sold it. And awesome. now, now I have two issues back. He gave me the the Bravo uh, flyers for Twin Peaks. Also, from 2017, the Blue Rose magazine, which is another Twin Peaks magazine, which has a Robert Engels interview, a Log Lady tribute, and Mark Frost's new book examined. I got a copy of um, Stories from Bosnia, number one. Soba. From Dra- Drawn and Quarterly, and last but certainly not least, a copy of Jason Carnes' Fuckator, which you uh, kn- you know you know I already had, but sure. but this is volume. This is the second printing. I have the first printing, and oh, nice. this is not leaving me because now I have first and second printings of Jason Carnes' Fuckator, which originally came out of this book came out of Fantagraphics, the Fu Press thing which is awesome and I got to thank you for for all that. You do know That's me. Dope. You know me. Monsters zombies having intercourse with comely lasses <laughs> and ripping them apart in the process? Well, if that doesn't scream me then I don't that know is what does.
2: Yeah. Is so you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we are about to give way to a true giant in the comics industry. A man <sighs> has been plying his craft for decades. He's amazing. We love him. We've been with him from the start. And he is, of course, Matt Wagner. And he's going to talk to you about Mage. you damn right. The Hero Denied, Volume 3, and other things. I mean, we, really, we really get into it. But we only had him for a, a limited amount of time, because he's like a superstar. Mm-hmm. And we'll be he's back. Got a, he's got dinner to cook. I think we made oh, the most of it, though. We did. We did. He will be back after... Well, we will be back after we've talked to Matt Wagner, and we'll talk about other stuff. So you listen to the interview, and we'll be waiting here, and we'll rejoin you in about an hour or so. Go to it.
3: You heard? Okay, folks. So we um we have a guest tonight. Uh, he has worked for DC, Marvel, for Dynamite. He has had work published uh, by Dark Horse and Image. Has told stories featuring the ultimate versions of Spider Man and Wolverine, uh, DC's Trinity. Etrigan, Sandman, uh, has given us a neat twist on Doctor Midnight, has written The Shadow. Uh, he's also the creator of Grendel, which returns later this year, and Mage. Uh, so with his allegorical, in air quotes, autobiography concluded, we welcome back to the show, Matt Wagner. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Great to have you back.
0: No problem. When was, uh, when was the last time we did this? It was... 2014
2: oh wow that
1: long ago shit yeah uh, now I wait did. a minute we on to... wait you texted us the exact time i
2: did
3: i actually <laughs> yes i did i did i actually told the guys that it was uh the the uh Actual dates were what? Uh, Four
1: years, six months, twenty six days, and fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, since well, since something
2: that, like that,
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe not to the minute, but yeah, I was I was, I was, I was a little giddy. Yeah,
2: um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it was it was also to because um, you were on to talk about Grendel Shadow. Oh right, which right. was which was absolutely fantastic, and and of course you know we um, danced around when. Um, the hero denied would come out. And when, um, if you were starting to work on it and everything was very, uh, secretive. And I don't even know if, if back then, um, I'm sure you were keeping notes, but I don't even know if you were ready to put anything to paper, but, uh, well, now, I'm not, uh, I'm not
0: keeping notes because on age, I don't keep notes. Um,
3: I don't I, think so.
0: Yeah. I very distinctly, uh, try to not overthink mage and not overwork it. Um, In fact, in the many years in between the various books of Mage, between the hero discovered and the hero defined, and the hero defined the hero denied, um, I try really hard not to think about it, um, because I don't want some idea I came up with to just sit there and grow stale. Because I knew I knew it was going to be a while in between each book, so um, so I really try and hold off and not not take notes. I don't work with a script. I don't. uh, I don't do layouts, really. I just kind of sit down and start drawing and, and let it take me where it's going to go. Very, very zen-like process. Um,
3: so you just wake up in the morning and, and Mage says, okay, today you're going to start on this? Or Yeah, yeah. It, okay.
0: just gets, it just gets to the point where I, I finally, I, can't, I find I, that's all I'm thinking about is Mage, even though I'm trying not to. Um, and then mm-hmm. it tells me, okay, now's the time to do it. You know, Now's the right time. And it's funny because my son, who is, of course, my colorist these days and colored uh, the Hero of the um, he was all over me to, you know, dad, it's time to do mage. Dad, it's time to do mage. So I was like, well, I, I'll decide that. Thanks. But, um, uh, but he and his, uh, then fiance took a trip to Europe and in the interim while they were gone for a couple of weeks, I decided, yep, it's time. So, uh, when they came back, we took them out to dinner and, uh, we had just finished, uh, the subsequent Grendel, uh, not, excuse me, subsequent, uh, shadow project to uh, grendel versus the shadow which was the death of margot lane series that i did for uh mm-hmm. dynamite and uh and you know he was all excited he's like all right what are we doing next and i said well what do you want to do next and he's like i want to do mage and I said, yep it's going to be mage so he was very <laughs> happy <though. laughs> that's awesome
1: <laughs> you must be extremely proud because he is a damn good color artist
0: yeah he is thank you very much i i just agree with that <laughs> um <laughs> uh and what's really good is uh you know, I mean, uh, I've given him some pointers here and there, but uh generally I just kind of let him go do his thing and uh you know, on occasion I'll be like, "Nah, that one's completely wrong." Um but boy, it's really rare because he's really really good. Um yeah. and he just, you know, I mean, he he grew up in my studio, so we speak the same language, you know. We we are our, our creative uh, instincts are very similar, you know. Um but not, not identical, so that's always, you know, occasionally he'll come back with something that's a surprise to me, and that's always terrific. So, uh, But, yes, I am very proud of him. He's uh, he's damn good. He's actually, uh, um, he'll be coloring that new Grendel series you guys mentioned, but he's also working on uh, uh, some Hellboy stuff right now, too, some of the Magnoliverse stuff. I forget what the exact title is he's working on, but uh, he's very, very happy to be doing that. He's been a big Hellboy fan for years, so.
1: Now, does he work in the studio with you, or do you have separate locations?
0: No. yeah. His, uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. He and his wife, or uh, his new wife, are living in uh, Manhattan right now. Oh, um, great! Oh, yeah. She's a computer animator, and they got a. She got a gig in Manhattan, so they're there. Um, you know, they hope to end up back on the West Coast eventually, but for now, that's where they're at. So, now, yeah. So, uh, no, uh, we're not in the same room. Not even close. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but uh uh, here's a good little segue for a little bit of shameless self-promotion um i'll be going to the new york city comic con in october which is where the first issue of the new grendel prime series devil's odyssey will premiere so uh both brennan and i will be there at an artist alley and available for signing so uh come see me come see us
1: nice we'll buy you both the drink of your choice Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be available for drinks as well. It
3: tends to be bourbon for both of us. So uh. beautiful. All right, we're not a problem.
1: There you so go. We're drinking right now. Now you're originally from Pennsylvania. Whereabouts?
0: Well, kind of central Pennsylvania. Um, uh, the starting point I always say is uh, okay. Do you know where State College, the main campus of Penn State, is? Yes. Right. Uh, okay. Well, there's a small uh, town near it named lewistown and uh, you know a small fraction of people have heard of that yep near lewistown there's a small village called reedsville and i grew up outside of that small village near lewistown near state college
1: (laughs) oh nice pennsylvania represent i'm from scranton
0: oh are you yeah yeah yep uh so reedsville you might have heard of milroy you know the town milroy small small little town you know very very much amish uh, farming country i grew up uh uh next door to Amish Farms and uh two doors down from us was a family of Mennonites who were chicken farmers Had a big giant chicken farm.
1: Oh, that sounds like an awesome way to to uh, grow up. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, I was running there for the first ten years, so that was a neat uh, that was a neat experience. Um uh and then we moved to uh Delaware to a very suburban from a very rural environment to a very suburban environment. Um uh and then eventually i found my way into cities you know i just uh i kept moving closer to cities to find the kind of pop culture i was interested in um eventually went to art school in philadelphia which of course is kind of the very obvious setting for the first mage series as well the hero discovery mm-hmm.
4: so so matt you said that you don't you know you it's kind of sound like that you don't really um you try not to cloud your mind with uh with any grand detail before you sit down and work on Mage. So when you decided it was time to do uh, the the final series, you know it ultimately was was fifteen issues. And if I'm not mistaken, when it was solicited, it was solicited as fifteen issues. So at what point does it go from tabula rasa, blank slate, to um, you you know you have enough formative in your mind that you've decided okay, it's going to be fifteen chapters and
0: well, know, all be- of the uh, all of the Mage series were fifteen chapters, right? But the last one being a double uh issue. So effect. Mm-hmm issues of uh, material. Okay. I, I, I've done this a lot in my uh, career. I really like having just extra space in that grand finale. You know, give me a little more uh, space to breathe. Um, I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I don't have any ideas going into it. I do. Mm-hmm. I know, know kind of my, I know my goal of where I want to go. But I, I, again, I don't want to nail it down. I mean, I told somebody the other day, I was, uh, I was literally figuring out things up until the very next to last page. You know, I knew where I wanted it to end. Um, but uh, but on the uh, so have you guys read the the final series? Or the- oh,
4: absolutely, Lover? yeah, of yeah, course.
0: So, yeah. so you know, uh, Kevin's wife Magda. You know when they're when they're in the shitter, there they she summons this new uh, familiar, and it's a purple cat with wings. So, back.
2: Yeah,
0: and then when they go back to the uh, they go back to the real world, the the cat kind of transforms into a more regular looking cat, and uh, so their daughter uh, Miranda. On the next to last page, she, she's bending over, scratching the cat, and she says, oh, and you look like a regular kitty now. I think I'll call you Domino. So when my daughter was, you know, as everybody knows, this is a a very thinly veiled allegory for my own family life. When my daughter was very young, we had these two cats. And, uh, and we had names for them, but one of them, she just refused to call that name. She called him Domino instead. Nice. <laughs> For no real reason we could figure out, and we just could not talk her out of it. And so kind of on that last page, I was like, oh, shit, she's going to call that Cat Domino.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's, you know, that's uh, – it's very much a uh, – you know, you were asking when, uh, when does it become – Uh, more codified, it becomes codified in the act of doing it. You know, I, Mm -hmm. uh, I use the analogy of, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, a great guitarist, Jimmy Page or Brian May or somebody like that, just picked up a guitar. You wouldn't have any doubt that he would know where to start and where to end, even though he might not have a a tune in his mind until he started like picking away at the strings, you know? Um, So it's just, it's just been that long that I, I feel comfortable following that path for this project, you know?
1: Sure, All right. Well, I totally subscribe to that approach because whether it's love or the creative process, it seems to me, and i'm fifty three that the more I strive for something, the more elusive it becomes. So if you just surrender yourself to the process, whether it be the universe or the creative process, sometimes things. The, the wheels seem to be a little bit easier, easily greased. You know what I mean? And it's just, it seems like you'll discover things that you didn't plan upon, but wow, this really works for this section. I'm going to just, you know, lay back and go with it.
0: Use the force, Luke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason that that phrase had such resonance. Cause it's just true, you yep. know, especially with these sort of, uh, with these sort of conditions, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, absolutely. You know, I, I always say that, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of talented artists in comics these days, and a lot of them, um, you know, I look at it and I, like, I think to myself, holy shit, that's like movie production art. That's so, you know, so sophisticated and so uh, absolutely perfect. And I don't know, the, to, for me, the the most interesting parts of arts are of art is the you know, the stuff that you didn't plan, the stuff that is almost a fuck up, you know?
4: Yep. <laughs> Music to ears
0: Kind of only figured out at the last second as you're you know, I, I tend to work with very uh brief bare pencils because I wanna draw with the ink. I wanna I wanna see what lines my hand is gonna make with the ink as opposed to planning those lines out down to the finest millimeter and then just, you know, to use the old Kevin Smith joke to just trace over the pencils. Um uh, mm-hmm uh but to me it's always it's always the mistakes that make art more interesting, you know
1: right oh. right so it's been thirty five years all told for mage yeah N- when you finished that last page and and you saw the things come out in print satisfied
0: did oh yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah no it did not feel um uh, uh, it wasn't bittersweet it was just you know just uh wow. Got there, did it? I live. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a
1: it's been a long journey.
0: No shit. If I would have died, I would have sucked with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I will say with that with that final issue, um, I said I don't really take notes, but I did take notes for that final issue. In that, I sat down and made a list of all right. Here's all the narrative elements you have up in the air right now, and. You need to make sure that you catch all those juggled balls, you know, and make sure they don't hit the ground. Right. Uh, you need to stick the landing, as I said. And I, I felt like I really stick, stuck the landing. And, you know, if you look at the uh, three series, the, the last page always has a, a totally significant uh, uh, moment for Kevin and his journey at that stage. So in the first one, of course, he's very cynical. He's very disconnected from life in general and from his own life in particular. And on the very last page, after uh, he's gone through the final battle there, evil's not defeated, but uh, he and Mirth get into the Edsel, and he says, I'm driving. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he's engaged. He's, he's changed. And in the second one, of course, he's, uh, he's changed quite a lot. He's very arrogant. He's very much... Uh, Adopted the role of what he thinks of as the Pendragon, a la King Arthur, which means I'm the leader. I'm 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 the I'm gonna be the boss, and you guys are gonna do what I say. And the last page of the second series ends with him on his knees in front of someone, mm-hmm. and not out of submission, but out of love and respect. And the third series, he's very much a man torn between two worlds. He knows that he's got this role uh, as the Pendragon that he should be doing. But that kind of pales in comparison to the devotion he feels to his family, so he's very much torn and so the last page of the third series has them in front of their new magically granted home in the suburbs, and uh, he says it's good to finally be home so his, his two worlds have joined
3: <laughs> Yep. was there any and th- this is this is your story and and, and your story to tell, was there any concern uh, uh, with, with how the fans may feel about the ending?
0: Um, oh, well, Or sure. did it only matter to you? Sure, no, but it, it has to only matter to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 it's the same way with uh, same way with everything I do. It has to be interesting to me first. If it's not interesting to right. me, it's not yeah. going to be interesting to my readers. And in fact, that's what led to the creation of the uh, continuing Grendel series. You know, I had done uh, Grendel initially as a black and white uh, startup with uh, the initial run of Kabiko black and white series. Then uh, they wanted to switch to color, and they gave me the chance to develop Mage, so I did that. and Then as Mage started to kind of take off and get a readership, I started hearing from people saying, "Uh, whatever happened with Grendel? You just abandoned that mid-story. So that's when I... Adapted the Grendel, the Hunter Rose story to be this four-page backup feature in Age, which eventually became Devil by the Deed, the first Hunter Rose tale. Um, and then uh, shortly after I finished all that, uh, the original publisher approached me and said, we'd like to turn this into an ongoing monthly. And I said, well, I just killed the main character. How are we going to do that? And it struck me that as I said, it has to remain interesting to me. And at the time, I was young and I was just full of uh, piss and vinegar and ideas and and uh and a whole lot of pot smoke and And, uh and i thought well the only way i can keep it interesting to me is to continually reinvent it so that's when i came up with the idea of the fact that the grendel persona would kind of move on from person to person to person and we drastically change the the narrative quality the main character the visual appeal um so it's always got to be interesting to me. And, you know, I, I had a lot of letters from people that were very concerned that it was going to be a dark ending. That, you know, I think everybody was kind of remembering the shock they felt when Edsel uh, got killed. And, uh, but I tended to point out that, you know, Mage generally has a happy ending. There's darkness to it, but it has a happy ending. And... uh I know a lot of my readers especially ones that were with me for the long haul really felt the fulfillment of where Kevin ended up at the end. So uh so no I think it all it all worked out great.
1: Up to issue 15 I was very concerned that Kevin wasn't going to come out of it. Mhm. And Agreed.
0: Well that's uh, yeah, that's you know I mean I I take that as a a huge compliment because you know if If you know this is a guy doing a story about him and his family, and you're still worried he might kill (laughs) someone, well, geez, that's pretty good. Thanks. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and there was one part in particular when he says he's talking to Mirth, and he's, well, Mirth in quotes, and he says, you know, I'm not King Arthur. My wife didn't betray me. My son didn't kill me. And I'm thinking, okay, this is good. This, this, this may mean that, you know, he's not going to die because Hugo's not going to kill him. Right? I mean, come on. There's 20, 30 pages left of this thing. It can't possibly. Well,
0: that's, not quite, that's not quite what he says. He doesn't say, I know that's not going to happen. He says, I know the earlier stories. I know what happened to Arthur. Right. Betrayed but, by his wife and killed, murdered by his own son. So he doesn't say that it's not going to happen. But it just. I know what happened earlier <laughs> it does
1: happen though in a sense yeah yeah because um, Magda almost sides with the uh, the gracklethorns I mean it's very close she's almost yep. over that line and then yep. Hugo in a sense does kill his father or what was his father
0: he, t- he takes he takes the Pendragon away from right
1: right so he does, he makes him not the man he was in a sense killing him so you it well, does the
0: elements are there but they yeah. ended up tragic as he did for Arthur.
1: Right, right, which which, God bless you, I'm glad you did it that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
1: I would need therapy if it turned yeah. out any well, other sure way.
0: Yeah, my wife and kids, man.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> now, are you a are you, are you a, a Shakespeare fan? I mean, sure. I presume? Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously... Uh, uh,
0: you know, it, each of the... Uh, and each of those uh, Shakespeare plays really reflects what's going on in Kevin's head at that point. Of course, right. uh, the first mm-hmm. one is Hamlet, and of course that's all about self-doubt. Right. And the second one's all about Macbeth, and that's all about a lust for power and an arrogance. And the third one's from The Tempest, about a, a, a too-powerful magician uh, 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 eventually giving up his power in, in service to his family.
2: Hmm.
3: Is there a, a a lot of time has passed, obviously, between the last two series? Is is there any sort of why are the why are the why are the kids so young in this compared to obviously
0: where they why? are in real life? Uh, that's yeah. because the uh... I realized that I needed the distance. I needed to see them grow up before I could portray them. Uh, if I was going to portray them that young, I needed to know what sort of people they were going to eventually become uh-huh. before I could do that. Because, um, of course, when they're young, they're they're you're not looking at them correctly. You're looking at them with all your hopes and dreams as to what you think they'll become. But that's not the same, you know, as what they eventually become. Um, so the you know the kids were. Portrayed in the in the series at a point that was kind of a, I think a transitional point in my life as a parent and as a husband, and uh, that's why it had to be done then. You know, that's why it had to be tra- that that stage had to be portrayed. You know, I
1: got you. They're very so. vivid in this book. the 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 children are to me the most. Real characters in in the in the fifteen issue series, yeah. uh, and I mean Hugo's great, but Miranda's awesome. Yeah, um, she she just I has.
0: About, uh, you asked about Shakespeare there earlier. Miranda, of course, is the name of the daughter of Prospero, the sorcerer in the Tempest.
4: Ah, right, right. And the, the I love the mnemonic that she keeps saying when she's kind of nervous when 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 uh, when great he's not girl
0: just waiting for death.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Hugo's just got this lust for, for, he's just, he's in that mode where his dad's just the coolest thing in the world. And that, you know, the, the, the the seriousness or the severity of the situation is totally lost on him because right. his dad's basically a superhero.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that reflects, you know, I, I was taking my son to conventions at a pretty young age and right. uh, you know, he, uh, he, he grew up reading a lot of great comics in my house, you know, and, and uh, I'd take him to these shows, and, you know, he was, I don't know, 12 years old having dinner with Frank Miller, you know? <laughs> I mean, That's crazy, yeah. Uh,
1: what, yeah. A, what a life.
0: All sorts of big, big-name guys, you know, that he was just thrust into that world, and uh, uh, so, yeah, he was, <clears throat> he was on fire <laughs> for quite a while there. Still is. He's uh, very much uh, dedicated to his art form.
1: No, there was one eensy teensy thing left unfulfilled for me. Yeah, well, as as a long time fan, is there any chance that we'll we'll get to see what happened to Kirby in detail?
2: Oh, oh.
0: <laughs> no, because it's not Kirby's story; it's uh, Kevin's story. And I would say the same thing of uh, you know, as I was uh, attempting to do this. Of course, I'm portraying my whole family. You know. And I wanted to give each of them their own special time and their own special roles and their own special voices. But yet at the same time, it's Kevin's story. It's not Magda's story. Like if, if if my wife was going to do a story, she would tell that story differently than I told it. Right. You know? Um, So no, we're not going to see what happened to Kirby. Uh, You know, (laughs) as I I said there, you know, as, as Joe describes it, he dies very similar to the way Hercules dies, you know? Right um poisoned uh, poisoned in a, a lovers uh, <laughs> quarrel. I didn't specifically say by a centaur, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: of
4: Is there anything other than than your own imagination and, and and wanting to stretch different artistic chops to to be read from turning um Umbra into a, a, a a witch and, and her offspring into, uh, women?
0: No, huh? No. And, and they're not, they're not women. They're, they're, they don't have genitalia. They don't, right, have, right, right. They don't have breasts. They don't have, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they, 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 they present as female. Same, same yes. way the, the grackle Flint's didn't have, uh, uh right. you know, penises, uh, you know, they're not, they're things. They're not, mm. uh, they, they adopt, uh, a guy to fit into the world around them. And that, uh, you know, only one of my readers pointed out, uh, the fact that the the three Gracklethorns were obviously dressed like the Spice Girls, yep. uh, and it was, it was I just figured okay, this takes place in the nineties. These uh, supernatural creatures have come and they're looking for some source material as to how they should disguise themselves. Oh, <laughs> look, here's a group of five. We'll we'll do that. <laughs> so, no, there wasn't any real. Uh, there wasn't any real statement there. It was just I, you know I was just looking for a way to.
3: Not have it be the same as last time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. The the um, obviously over the the course of of forty five plus to two zero issues, it, it's it's going to be, it, it it's going to kind of follow the line of 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 your life. But even when you started, the hero discovered. Did you? Were there certain beats you 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 thought you might hit with no, each?
0: Absolutely. Oh, okay. not. Um, I was completely in the dark, uh, and I've told this story previously, but I'll tell it here again. Um, well, of course, you know, I, I constantly, uh, uh, refer to and acknowledge the work of, uh, Joseph Campbell, um, the famous, uh, he described himself as a mythologist who wrote, uh, a lot of books about the world's mythologies and the commonality of the world's mythologies and how they, you know, the, the archetypes that seem to run through every myth cycle in the world seem to be very common you know like the the, the window dressing is the same different due to the culture but uh, the structures are usually the same uh george lucas points to Co- campbell's work as a huge inspiration for the star wars uh, mm-hmm. uh storylines um but when i did the first one the, the hero discovered i was going by sheer instinct nothing but i only was doing what i thought would be a good story uh i knew nothing about Joseph campbell's work i had never heard of the hero with a thousand faces which was his seminal work that he published like in the late 50s early 60s about the the three stages of the hero's journey um so after i finished the hero discovered i i finally read the the hero with a thousand faces and i got you know to this point where he describes the, the the overarching elements of the first stage of the hero's journey i was like holy shit this is just this is mage. This is I'm reading like a <laughs> point breakdown of mage here. So it, it, I would say that goes to uh, acknowledge his uh, his theories. You know that this is all kind of hardwired and uh, kind of human archetype. Um, but no, I really didn't have any. Uh, I really didn't have any uh, touch points. I knew. Uh, I knew it just had to change. I knew it had to change every time. You know, if, if you look at Kevin as a person. As a character, he's exactly the same and completely different in all three of the the books. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what needed to happen, you know.
1: It's a pleasure watching his hairline recede with mine. Yep,
4: we can can (laughs) really do that. The three of us are all accolades on that
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now in in terms of process, um, you've refined your cartooning over the years to, I mean, I loved your stuff initially, but I mean, you just keep getting better and better. And this 15, this last 15 issue run, I mean, I, I think your work crackles. Uh, do, do you part with the original pages from this or?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. They're all for sale. I will, uh, uh, do another bit of shameless self-promotion here. <laughs> um, uh, my art dealer is called fellow named Jim Warden. Um, and he has all the pages for sale. We've sold a bunch now. Um, so, uh, I will preface this by saying, uh, if you guys all read the final issue, you saw that photo of me at the end of uh, mm-hmm. the dedication page. Um, so I, knew, I really knew I wanted to get that photo of me sitting in a sea of the art, just surrounded by the art. And so as a result, I specifically held on to all the art for The Hero Denied till the very, very end. Um, but uh, Jim, my art dealer, has it now, and anybody can send inquiries to him at ca- caps hockey Fan. At yahoo.com. Again, that's capshockeyfan at yahoo.com. He's a big fan of the uh, Washington Capitals hockey team.
1: Nice. <laughs> Excuse me, i got to go write an email. I'll be right back. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I have Jim's contact information so you guys can know where it's there. Of course. But,
0: uh, but uh, uh, thanks very much for your comments there because I, I, I too feel like I just, uh, you know, I just. I just feel like I get better every time I sit down because at the same time I, I try to describe this to young uh wannabes, um, how even at my stage, even as accomplished as I am, even as the many, many pages of art I've produced over the years, every time you sit down at a blank page, there's still that moment of doubt and fear, you know, right. when you're looking at a white page, like, hmm, is it gonna work this time? I don't know, let's see. And and that's that's what continually makes it exciting and keeps it vital for me, you know? Um, Cause you know, I know I'm going to mess up a little bit here and there. And as I said earlier, that's the stuff that I find the most interesting. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a continual process. I, you know, I, you know, I always, uh, I always look to uh, Charles Schultz's inspiration because uh, he, uh after how many how many years of uh, doing peanuts, he finished his final strip. He laid down his pen, and he died a couple days later. Yep, <laughs> that was obviously such a vital, uh, vital part of his entire life. You know, uh, I hope to keep it a vital part of my entire life
2: too.
1: Oh, uh, for me, that's the best and worst part of the creative process is that that expanse of white where the first mark decides where everything else is going <laughs> yep. and it's 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 amazing that you have this unbridled freedom to go anywhere you want with this image but you have the unbridled freedom to go anywhere you want with this image so
0: yeah it might be not the right way right <laughs>
1: right i totally understand yep
0: now i do a uh, i've done uh, over the years uh, my my wife's a uh, uh high school teacher and uh, my sister-in-law uh diana schutz who is been my editor for many many years i'm sure. married i'm married diana's sister um and of course Diana's portrayed in mage um yeah. but diana teaches comics at the uh, college level and uh so for years i've done this in-class presentation that's kind of cool where i go in and um you know first i do a kind of powerpoint presentation of my stuff you know um so i show a lot of my cover work and interior work, and, you know, I, re- I really show that I have this long career and, you know, I've worked in many different styles and, you know, worked in many different characters, and so, it, you know, it, it really presents a kind of big professional uh, image of a comic book artist. So then to wrap it all up in the class, I, I put on an overhead projector a, a drawing of a goofy little character I came up with and I say to everybody, "Okay, take out a piece of paper and real quick write down one short sentence about something that either happens to or about this character and then we collect all those and we throw it in a box, <clears throat> and the teacher pulls them out and reads them one at a time, about three or four at a time and on an overhead projector on overlays, I draw it right then and there and yes. it looks like it looks like shit it's <laughs> you know, it's, it's completely it's it's notational it's uh Um, it's sketchy to the max but it really gets across to these young wannabe creators that look all that shit you saw before all that very fine finished detailed artwork I showed you it all starts like this it all starts with just a notion and a scribble and you take that and you plant that and you develop it into a seedling and from there into a plant and from there into a tree and from there you have fruit and and it's just a great uh it's a great thing to see the, their reactions when uh when I'm doing uh these I don't know what you'd call them, uh impromptu improv, almost improv comics, you know.
1: Yeah, it's pretty powerful though. I mean Vince,
4: you should steal that for your class. Vince is it, also a college professor. It's Ooh. stolen.
1: It's stolen already. Yeah. <laughs> All
4: right, there
1: you go. All right. Yeah, and uh, I'll and I I'll feel- I'll of course lead with Yeah, my friend Matt Wagner uh yeah. gave me this. <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
2: very so well. Matt, uh,
4: take it, take it, roll with it, man. That's I great. will. I am, uh, as Vince alluded, we're all huge fans of collecting original art, but I'm also a uh, big fan of uh wonderful archival collections of of the great comics that I've uh, always been in love with. So I have to ask while we have you any any thoughts yet, or any talks about if and when we're going to see some kind of you know whole collection of the Mage's finished. Um, in some form.
0: Oh, well, we'll do the uh, the third hardcover eventually to match uh, the previous two hardcovers for the three mm-hmm. series. But the uh, you know at, at the same time that we were doing the new series, I had to get the previous mm-hmm. work back in the print and available for a more contemporary buying audience. Sure. And so we put it into these uh, you know the the six volume trade paperbacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now that one, the final volume of the Hero Denied, that just came out what, two weeks ago, four weeks ago? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, you know, we kind of got to let that follow through and and, uh, sell through for a while. Uh, And, of course, you know, that's... You know, every time you repackage material, you're uh, aiming at a different buyer and a different audience, you know. Uh, You were talking about an archival version there, but, you know, the, the ones that I was talking about, the paperbacks that just came out, those are more... Uh, reading and lending copies. You know what I mean? Like uh, the thing you'd pull off your shelf to say to somebody, hey, you should check this out. Or or if you just wanted to flip through it real quick as opposed to a, sure, big, sure. a big fatty-ass hardcover. you know.
4: Um, I'm all about those fatty-ass hardcovers myself. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: understand you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, um, so, yeah, someday we will get to that.
4: Uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. I- I'm patient. Uh, so, uh, with, Market's always
0: with, at work. <laughs> that's
4: right. Um wh- what's been the experience this time because it was what eight, roughly 18 years between the two volumes. Um have you had a lot of uh you know feedback or or maybe through cons or just through social media oh, of of sure. new oh, fans, you know young there. young fans that are discovering mage?
0: Um you know, I I found predominantly it was older fans who, of course, mm-hmm. had taken the path with me, who now were you know had receding hairlines and families of their own to consider. All of
4: us, right? That's all Yep. Us, and right. uh, and
0: and they found it very affecting. You know, I I just think in the long run it will you know it's a body of work that will ultimately find a continuing audience because it's honest. You know, it mm-hmm. uh, it, it treats uh, it treats the superhero and fantasy. Uh, uh, motifs as a very personal journey. And that's just always going to eventually, eventually survive due to its honesty, you know?
3: Right. Uh, You, you, you mentioned Diana and, and it's, is there, is, it is she the reason why um, Grendel stays at Dark Horse and, and, or is there well,
0: just... She's retired now, so she's no longer at Dark Horse. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Grandel says at Dark Horse because I have a long-running and, and healthy relationship with Dark Horse. Dark Horse has always treated me uh, uh, fantastically. You know, I came on to Dark Horse back when uh, they were a small little office with about 12 people in it. And now they are now they own the whole block, and there are about 125 or 130 people in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, th- there's no reason to take.
3: Okay, so then, so so then, to, the the flip of it, how why did mage not go to Dark Horse? Wide? And this is all business stuff. I mean, you don't have
0: to answer. Yeah. All okay. This. Well, the reason is uh, because, of course, you know, when I was uh, with Kamiko back in the day, uh, Kamiko filed for bankruptcy, and that you know that led to a, a, a significant fuck up in my professional life for a while. You know, um, and I. Mm-hmm. Decided at that point, I'm never going to put both my eggs in the same basket again. So makes um,
3: that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, Grendel, you know, Grendel seemed more immediate at the time, and Dark Horse was interested in Grendel, so I took Grendel, to Dark Horse, and uh, you know, the, the way I ended up an image was mainly due to uh, Larry Martyr, who uh, of course the
4: uh,
2: Beanworld. Movie, Beanworld, sure. yeah, of Bean
0: World, sure, big fans, Tales of the Bean World, but he was the uh, he was the uh, chief executive officer, I guess, or something like that publisher at that time. Yeah. That image for a long time. And, you know, when image first left Marvel, of course, you know, they took the world by storm and boy, they sold a whole bunch of copies of books.
2: <laughs> sure. did.
0: But, uh, critical success was a long time coming for those guys. Right. You know? Right, yes. and, uh, so when I started looking around for a creator owner, friendly publisher for, uh, Uh, Mage, you know, I contacted Larry and, you know, they were real hungry to get somebody that was a more
2: old-school
0: like myself, you know. And uh, so there again, I will say Image has always treated me just terrifically as well. So I luckily, for my two creator-owned projects, I have really good publishing relationships with both publishers, and that's that's can't
3: complain. (laughs) Well, Dark Horse definitely, well, and you, I guess, but I've, it's I, I definitely double dipped on on Grendel because I have I've re I replaced most of the issues I had from from the original comic over and I've I've any time the um the arcs were released as as limited series I bought those I love the trade dress on all of them um, so I've definitely been following that I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to the next chapter but yeah no I I was just it it was.
0: Did you buy the omnibuses? Is that what
2: you're saying?
3: <laughs> I didn't. Need, I didn't triple dip yet. No, I didn't buy <laughs> the omnibuses yet. Yeah. Uh, only because I, I'm not. I, I don't know how I feel about the trim size. They're, they're a little smaller than they are. But, they're uh, a
0: little smaller, but there again, it's uh, it's a all in one place sort
3: of color. right. Yeah, yeah, no, they will be mine. They'll look great and, on the shelf,
0: and they're and they're uh, they not only look good on a bookshelf, but they're also an easy thing to say. Hey, hey, you want to check out some Grendel? Here, here's a big. That volume, go check
3: that out. Yeah. Well, Vince and I have to um, revisit some, some Grendel Tales stories, so right. so I think I'll do that and and just um, pluck some chapters out yeah. of yeah. that as time goes okay. on.
2: There's four
0: volumes of, uh, of the Grendel Omnibus for the series, all the stuff that I wrote, and then there's two volumes. For the Grendel Tales stuff, which of course were by other creators,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have triple dipped, so you should like me more than David. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, while we're on the subject of Grendel Tales, did you have um, absolute creative control over that? Like, it, it, did you get veto rights if somebody sent in or or an, an author presented a, a a plot line that um, didn't fit within the Grendel mythology? You you could say, "Nah, that's just not working." Or
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Was there any that you did, Um, Sean?
0: Jeez, I can't remember now. Um, You know, we would, back when we were soliciting for those, because uh, there there wasn't that long a period where we solicited for them. I would say probably, what, six, seven years, something like that. Um, You know, occasionally you get stuff in where the person just was, uh, how to describe this? Just wasn't getting the motif of Grendel, which is that, um, Grendel, Grendel's like violent as shit, but it's, it it doesn't glorify the violence, you know, everybody that commits violence, somehow it comes back on them eventually. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes you get stuff in that was just, uh, just too, too vengeance oriented or too, uh. (laughs) Bloodthirsty and not not looking at the deeper uh, overarching theme philosophical themes of Grendel. Um, and why are you asking this? Did you submit
4: something that we turned down? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. No, I'm yes because that would be breaking news. We weren't aware of. No, I'm yes. just a
1: big fan of the of the series. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah okay. he,
1: that's that's all and and he uh catapulting off that question has grendel and or mage ever been optioned for film
0: Oh jesus over and over and over again They're really
1: like,
0: yeah i've been down this road so many times i've seen so many so many scripts of my characters um this hasn't worked out yet but i keep hoping it will um uh yeah even, even up to very recently like a year ago um oh wow okay Um, but previously, like at one point we were trying to develop mage with, um, uh, well, I I don't want to name any names, uh, (laughs) but we were trying to develop mage and, uh, the company put us through 23 different rewrites. So by the end, it didn't even resemble this, the initial script at all. And it barely resembled my story at all. It was almost like my, Oh, here's this weird ass story with my character's, Faces pasted on it, you
1: know. Yeah, um, Hollywood tends to do that.
0: Yeah, no, well, less so these days. I mean, look at the look at the success of the Marvel and the DC stuff. You know, sure. I mean, Marvel more than DC, obviously. But uh, you know, the reason that stuff has been so successful is they've been they've been willing to adapt, but they've also been adamant about, really striking true to the, the core yeah. and the thought and the philosophy of what those stories are about, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, Things like Umbrella well, Academy you know, or every class. When
2: yeah. I first started
0: in, this, uh, in uh, you know, I, I, I started getting interest from Hollywood back in uh, 1985. Wow. When I was on the Mage Tour. so, uh, But at that point, everybody was trying to fix the comics. Okay, we got this cool idea of a comic, but we're going to fix it.
2: <laughs> um, you
0: know, that, that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really roll that way anymore. They're like, okay, we got to capture what's cool about the comic. that's right. The the difference in the approach, you know.
1: Well, for whatever what what it's worth, the Orion Asante art. I always saw Armand Asante as Orion. I mean, yes, <laughs> the names are the same, but yeah, I mean, he did. So good. I mean, he can't do yeah. it now. Well, but, I
0: will so. say he was an inspiration because in my mind that was kind of what he looked like. Yep. Nice. In fact, have yeah. you ever seen uh, Armando uh television miniseries adaptation of The Odyssey? Yes. Um. Very, very much. You know that his uh, his persona in that very much kind of nailed Orion Asante for me. Right. You
1: know? Nothing tops either the jury for me.
0: Yeah.
3: That yeah, he's yeah. so yeah. good in that. Yeah.
2: Yep.
3: He is, yep. The um, I, I don't and. Because you mentioned the tour, I thought of this, but um, a mutual friend of, of, well, the three of us have, have a friend, uh, Will Pfeiffer, oh. and he is friends with Jay Geldof, and Will found a old canvas tote bag.
2: Oh, yeah, the tote bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: which uh, which he brought over to when, when he went to visit Jay. Jay signed it. Will sent it to me. I will be bringing that... <laughs> To New York in October <laughs> for you. I'm going to. I, my my goal my plan is to bring it to every con I attend that someone who has worked on Grendel. And oh, awesome.
0: That's great. There's a lot of white space on that one, too.
3: There's
0: a lot of space yes. yeah, to sign. Okay, and so a little bit of self promotion here, but not completely selfless. Uh, we recently did another tote bag uh, with oh. mage Lightning bolt on it, black tote bag with a mage lighting bolt in. Uh, and uh, all profits going to uh, the Hero Initiative. So if you go oh, on the your website, it. you can find the, the Mage Lightning Bolt uh, tote bag. And, of course, that goes to a very, very worthy cause. So everybody, go get yourself a Mage tote bag.
1: Nice. If you ever see a guy at a con with a Mage and a Grendel tote bag, that has to be Dap. Okay. Yep. <laughs>
4: That's right. That's right. So, so, Matt, being such a huge fan, uh, like you said, of of Campbell's work and... Um you kind of already being on that path with mage before you realized that it was in line with the way of campbell's thinking of 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 mythology uh any anything like with his work with the mono myth and those concepts that you could see uh exploring that maybe you didn't get to explore in mage that like you know in the future any any other like inklings of ideas beyond, you know, like like the the, the next great Matt, Matt Wagner opus over the next thirty years. Like, do you oh any-
0: geez, I don't know. Probably. I mean, obviously, that stuff informs my my uh, thinking to a great degree, just overall. Um, in regards to society, in regards to religion, in regards to philosophy, uh, so it, it's going to work its way in there no matter what, whether I uh, consciously think about it or not, I think. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but you know I, I tend to think the monomyth is uh, a pretty uh, pretty viable thing. You know, I mean the 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 whole attitude that the you know, the world's religions are all basically describing a common human human experience that just makes sense to me more than more than the more than the specifics of the religions themselves trying to provide the answers, you know.
2: Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: Fact,
4: well, I'm a believer of that as well.
0: They are, um, you know, according to Campbell and the monomyth, what's important there is the question they're trying to answer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Of course, can never be answered. Um, but the important part is trying to pose the question to elicit an answer. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually uh, I'll probably be doing more of that stuff.
1: Right. Well, you're among kindred souls here because um, – Jason is an atheist i'm I'm agnostic David's Jewish we don't know what he believes in and um <laughs> he's,
4: he, he's yeah he's very secular yes uh, yeah yeah
0: well, I always say the uh the thing about the world's religions is they're all kind of right and they're all completely wrong yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. They're,
0: they're all trying to be right they're all um you know i mean basically what they're saying is uh you know the world is vast it's in many degrees, unknowable. The universe is unknowable. Not completely unknowable. You should try and know it. We have brains. But uh, you're going to die. And, and sex is a huge part of life. And um, literally every religion says all this. Get along. Get along. Don't be mean. Uh, <laughs> and someday you're going to die. And who knows what that will be. Here. 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 Here's a here's a version of what that'll be.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's
0: what each, each religion gives you. Here's a version of what life after you die will be. I don't know that there is any life after I die, but I don't know that there isn't either. But there's right. no way to know it, so who gives a shit?
1: Just be excellent to each other, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. yeah.
1: But there right. there right. there do you concede that there is a machinery? There there's a, a um some kind of inner working to the reality.
0: Sure it all works, doesn't it?
1: Right, it does. But, um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to make a, a half ass segue to talk about magic because, um, I've always been fascinated with the concept of magic. Um, uh, I've read tons of volumes on Crowley and Thelema and, and chaos magic and all that stuff. And the one thing about the, the, the mage trilogy, especially true in the third book, was that you explore different shades of magic in in this uh, there's a masculine and there's a feminine kevin goes in and he's explosive and he's in as you say he's thunderous but magda and Miran, miranda they, they're more refined and they're more calculated and and i
0: the planners you know i i you know my my wife and i uh you know uh we we have a lovely life together and we have uh, created a household and a family and you know when i look at our household it constantly strikes me. Wow, I didn't do hardly any of this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> same, same. <laughs> yeah.
0: This house, the way this house lays out. The, look at this. Look at how fucking beautiful this is. This was all her. Yeah. I didn't do any of this. You know, I, I helped right. pay for part of it, but that's not the same. Um, now that's not to say I don't contribute to the beauty of our family and our life. You know, I'm I'm our family cook, and I uh, I'm really right. good at that too. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's many different many different energies. You know, I, I uh, creation is the energy. You know, creation is the magic, and uh, and whether that's uh, in a physical sense, uh, like sex and reproduction, or whether it's in a metaphorical sense, or whether it's in a constructive sense, that's the thing that humans do that other creatures don't do. Quite in the same way. Now, you could argue that there are other creatures that use um, tools, that uh, create environments, that have social structures. I don't know that any of them tell stories to each other like we do. I think I think stories are, you know, and and I would say, uh, you know, the uh, the bits I've read of kind of the way alan moore thinks about this too i kind of agree with that that magic is the the creation of uh identity and an idea you know right
1: yep yep but it was just nice to see that the 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 legacy aspect of the characters because all hugo wants to do is is use the hairdryer and throw the bombs <laughs> and 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 you know walk on the walls where miranda she makes the little constructs and she, yeah. she's very her patterns, and she's very deliberate about it. As is mom. Like mom made an arsenal out of a bathroom. Yep. you know, I don't think I don't think Kevin would have pulled that off. No, he, he would have no. just you know grabbed a plunger <laughs> and. Well, give me
0: something to pick up and wield and smash things with. <laughs> right,
1: right, but it, it was just nice to see that acknowledge that the anima and the animus was uh, living in this world. Yeah, was, you know, yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. That, no. It, And uh, I will point out to you that the the structure of the book is such that uh, in the first half, issues one through eight, it's basically uh, the boys and the girls, right? Uh, So, uh, you know, the daughter kind of tends to bond with the mom more and the the son is with the dad more. And then as soon as the shit hits the fan, that all gets flipped on its ear. All of a sudden it's uh, the son with the mom and the daughter with the dad. And so everybody has to learn how to get along and, and make the most of their abilities
1: And they do so in, a, in an amazing way, too.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. Thanks. Yes, I, I, one of my biggest thrills was when I finally figured out, oh, oh, and you know, in that in that magic weird suite that they've stuck Magda and Hugo in, there's a pair of black chucks. And she's, gonna, she's
2: gonna
0: she's gonna paint little lightning bolts on the side. <laughs> hey,
1: you might as well look good if you're going into battle. That's Come right. on. Hey. Yeah, but sorry
0: that daddy's boy, right? You know, I mean, yeah.
1: Even
3: was th-
1: the, okay. I'm sorry. No, this is a, a tiny one. Even though you say there's there's no uh, pre production work, the monsters in this series are amazing. You didn't oh, you didn't sketch any of these these baddies out before you hardly, just
0: hardly any.
1: Yeah, oh man,
0: I mean a little bit here and there, but not much. I was kind of making it up as I went along. Wow. Um,
1: um, I, I tip my hat to you, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Uh, let me think here.
3: Uh... Well, was there was there a lot of research with with the second volume, with the second series, uh, when when we're introduced to a whole slew of other legends? Uh, how much research was involved in the second series compared to, to the third with these monsters?
0: Oh well, uh, well. Uh, in regards to the heroes or the monsters?
3: Yes, yes. Well. the... the researching the heroes, but obviously, I mean, a lot of the, the like you just well, said.
0: Well, the heroes were, was of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm spreading this weird balancing act there in that, you know, I'm trying to um, I'm trying to utilize these uh, archetypes that we had spoken about, you know, and of course they vary from culture to culture, and you know, part of uh, defined was the fact that Kevin has broken out of, you know, due to his newfound, uh, acceptance of his role and his, uh, confidence, he's broken out and he's experiencing other people who have their own myth structures. And, um, so part of it was a mixture of incorporating these other myth structures, like for Hercules, like for the native American character, character, coyote, um, but also trying to integrate them into people I knew, so I was looking at people I knew and saying, "Okay, so if I'm this guy in our social setup, who are you?"
2: <laughs>
0: and right. well, if I'm if I'm King Arthur, you're Hercules and you're Coyote, and so it was a weird balancing act in that regard. But uh, I mean, I you know, I, I just I just always. I always do a lot of research for these, but I also don't feel tied to my research. Uh, right. If, okay. I, if I look into something and I say, okay, there's something that I think is cool and I can use. I don't feel like I have to make it absolutely true to its source material. Mm. It's filtered. This, this isn't the source material. This is all filtered through my narrative reality. And, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go there. I don't really give a shit with whether, it's some whether it some Greek scholar should say would say to me, "Oh no, Heracles never did that." Well, it, you know? <laughs> it isn't really Heracles. Same way as I'm not really King Arthur. You know, mm.
2: um,
1: I love the way you think.
0: Well, it's just it's just uh, uh, you know you have to acknowledge the source material that came before you. You have to acknowledge the human experience and the the grand myth structures that came before you and yet you can't be tied to that. You have to break out and just find new ground. And if that means adapting it to your own peculiar sensibilities, there you go. You know, you're painting your own myth. Yep. You know, one of my favorite, uh, Joseph Campbell quotes is, is that, uh, the artist is not a special kind of man, but every man is a special kind of artist. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I just really felt that with everything I did on Mage, which is just like uh, this is just my version. I, I don't give a shit if it's not your version. do <laughs> <Go laughs> right. your, your version—that's great. Yeah. I, I
2: really <laughs> hope you do.
3: <laughs> it's true. Yep. Uh, this is—it's—it's—it was almost—it's—it was almost—it was bittersweet for me because it's. It, Hero discovered is is pretty much the first when when I when we moved back to New York and I found a a direct market comic shop and I wrote my with my friends and I was there I picked up Marvel Age I picked up a few things few titles that I knew but the Hero discovered just caught my eye I absolutely I, I adored the art and um, I came into it a couple issues late but I was able to 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 get the first few. And loved it. Loved it to death. Reread it. Um, well, it was pretty much... part
0: of the, part of the, uh, uh, you're loving there. Uh, let me speak for you, by the way.
3: You sure. might <laughs> please.
0: by all all. Right, Part of what you're digging there is the fact that it, it, it's so coincided with that. That was just a, you know, the planets aligning. Uh, so here we have this story about this character who is doubtful, uh, cynical, coming into his own, you know, discovering his own power it was happening to me at the time on the page. You could see it. You could see it happening. You could see me getting better with every issue. You could see me getting more in control of my art form, of my narrative, of my place as a creator, and mm-hmm. that really spoke to a lot of people at that stage. And you seem to be echoing that that thought and. I don't know. I was just—I was lucky in that regard that uh, that it all just worked out for me. You know, it,
3: so I, much so that when I heard about the second series coming, I was there. First issue, I'm flipping through it, and and part of me was just like, "This doesn't." You're and obviously bummed.
1: I mean, you're bummed. It you wasn't
0: wasn't doing it. <laughs>
3: no, no, no. It's not that it wasn't doing it because I, I was along with the story and I love these characters um i mean yes and of course there's no worth at the start but it, i and and i don't know you know not really feeling wally just yet but everything it was it was it was mostly the aesthetics i absolutely adored the airbrush i loved your line work in the first series and i and i still love your line work it's not like i i wish you still drew like that that that's not it and and vince and i will sometimes vince loves the second volume yep but that's mostly because he loves kirby and and joe fan and, and and of course who doesn't love Joe Fat, but it's it's one of those things where it's like I I, I was it it wasn't rose colored glasses, it was just one of those things where it's just like, well, why isn't it this? And and it and I was still too young to really understand that, well, you know, this is this is growth and and you know yeah. it's going to happen. But it's once the 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 third volume was announced and and i knew it was ending it was one of those things where i i have to this this is a series this is a title this is a character that that's been around for almost as long as i've been reading comic books and and now that story's concluding and i i i don't know and I, it's your story to tell but i feel like i'm just like it's i'm not sure i'm glad i'm glad it happened but i'm also not sure How I feel about how it happened.
0: Well. (laughs) On the very (laughs) last page. Hugo's wearing a mage hoodie all of a sudden. And he's not looking at the house, is he? He's gazing off to the right.
1: Yep.
3: This is true. Yep, looking right at it. And Brown is chasing the cat. But no, it's... Yeah, I I, um, it's it's one of those things where I, you know, when when we saw episode four, five, and six, and we thought, you know, Return of the Jedi, that was it, and and then, and I'm I'm not sure to bring up the prequels, but that, you know, so the story was continuing, obviously, and and but this is it, this is it for this. There is no, um, you know, I, I I I don't expect to get any mage backs, backups in, in the Grendel series and and yeah, know,
0: well, so, one, of, one of you uh, I forget who was asking about it were you ever see what happened to Kirby. No, again, you know, this is it. This, right, is, the right. well, this is the tale. And uh, I don't know. I think you gotta you know, if someday uh, my son wants to continue the story, oh, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Um it's the way stories go, you know, mm-hmm.
1: uh, wouldn't that be awesome though? If Brennan does continue the story, because uh, then we had your mage and then your progeny's mage, that would be fantastic. If he did that it, that would be crazy. That would, that would be crazy.
2: Well,
0: we have to wait and see.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes we do. Yeah. yeah.
2: The
0: whole point of mage is that, you know, there's, uh, you know, to go back to that Zen, uh, 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 metaphor. Um, uh, you guys know what mandala paintings are? When uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. yeah, when Buddhist monks do these incredibly intricate, uh, beautiful, beautiful uh, textured paintings in colored sand. And then they get to the end of it. It takes them hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and they're beautiful and they're immense. And they get to the end of it, and they they bless it, and they, they dump it in a river somewhere. Because their attitude is that uh, this physical world is impermanent and and creation and beauty are eternal and the reality the the you know the canvas on the you know paint on canvas or the ink on paper that's all ephemeral that will eventually fade and die but the hopefully the uh you know, the attitude of creation continues and inspires other people to c- tell new stories, you know, after I'm dust and gone. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll be Brennan. Maybe that'll be uh, somebody else. Who knows?
1: <laughs> right, right. But but the thing that you did with all these volumes, the the art and the story and, and everything, the all of Matt Wagner that you put into these stories, this is going to live on in everyone who's read this. Right. Sure. If there was a Thanos that snapped his finger and he destroyed every single copy of Mage ever printed,
2: <laughs> this thing,
1: this thing would still live on.
2: Yeah, right. I think so
0: that, that's. Uh, I mean, geez, that's what you hope for, right? That's right.
1: Right. For. Yeah. And you've made a lot of people happy. So. So much so. Thank yeah.
0: you for that. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Thanks, guys. Not a problem. I know we only had you for a little while tonight, and I, I think we, we may have, I don't want to end it, but I mean, if if, if you had... Yeah,
0: we should you, probably wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's Can you think of something to take us out of here?
3: <laughs> well, we will definitely see you in October. Yep. Oh, we, we, will, we will have a bottle of bourbon in tow.
0: No. No complaints there.
1: Yeah,
3: right. um, and
1: by that time I'll have a, probably a stack of of mage pages, and I'm going to have you personalize them.
0: Yeah, to there, me. You go. They're, they're already signed, but I will personalize them all. Right? right. I want
3: right. another one. Yeah. But we will. Uh, we we definitely um, will will not wait another four years, nine months, and sixteen days to have you on again. <laughs>
4: Maybe fourteen days and thirteen <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll
3: just we'll round that to four years and nine months. But. Um, no this has been this has been an, i mean i like i said it, it the mage is and I'm not the only one obviously you, you've had people many people write you letters I've read the letters i I'm not the only person that mage is affected but um I, I do need to thank you for creating something that's that's lasted as long as it has and and has uh meant so much to me
0: well thanks for uh uh yeah. Thanks for being receptive. I mean, you know, you know, when you tell a story, I don't know you, you do have a limited audience, not very few stories appeal to everybody. Um, um so, you know, I want to hear from guys like you that, uh, are very appreciative of the efforts I've done. that just makes it all so worthwhile. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping to do more. I'm hoping to I hope this is in the end of uh I don't know. We'll we'll see. But uh I intend to keep drawing and writing for a long time to come. Uh, in that Charles Schultz mode. I wanna keep going till uh till finally the uh the pen outweighs me and I, I can't <laughs> carry it anymore. You know? <laughs> nice, nice.
1: <laughs> and uh just to piggyback on what Dap said, everything he said and I gotta thank you for incantations. Because that to me was a, a vital part of this series, I'm glad that oh, you oh,
0: great. That's, uh, that's very that's very heartening to hear uh, you know I mean you know it's such an old school throwback to have a letters column yep. yes because of course you know there's no you know we used to get it in real letters like actual letters sure. um, I remember I got a you know when I killed Edsel I got this you know letter that was Folded, you know, it's like an eighteen by twenty-four letter, you know, folded up. Like what? What's <laughs> <Here. laughs> letter? You know? uh, and that has a certain, uh, of course, uh, uh, visual uh, potency. But uh, but no, I mean the, the immediacy of getting stuff back on uh, uh, from various people online has been terrific. And uh, you know, man, I. The people who wrote in were just so uh, effusive and honest and generous in the stories they shared about stuff that made the, the, the things that Mage meant to them at various points in their life. Uh, it, it, it was very humbling, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And thank you for um, recovering, uh, well, covering again everything you've talked about here. You probably said in the incantations um columns so i mean it, it's great in, uh, to have it in print and to have it on in audio now that people can experience it so yeah you know, just, you
0: know as i as i keep saying those are different uh those are different mediums you know i mean right. the, the written word is different than the spoken chat you know mm-hmm. and they both they both offer their their own particular uh outlooks on things so right. neither neither one is better than the other
1: well, uh, we thank you so much for being here with us, and uh, we got to do it again before this Grendel comes out. Yeah, we will. All right.
0: Nice. Let me know, Wynn. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, thank Perfect. you, Matt. Thanks again. Thanks,
0: Matt. Matt. Hey, uh, while well, I still have you on here, uh, make sure you send me a link when uh, this goes up so I can share you it on that. my uh, stuff. Absolutely.
1: You got it. Great. Too. Thank you.
4: Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
1: You have a good night. See you in Matt.
4: October, okay?
1: Yep.
3: yep.
4: Yeah. All right. Be well.
3: That was amazing. Well come on, it's me. I mean we well it's it, listen, we've we, we we talked to him how long ago was it? it and, and it's been <laughs> it's it's been a minute. Um and when we more last, than a minute. <laughs> when we last talked to him it was, you know, the the hero denied wasn't um solicited, wasn't being discussed, wasn't being you know, if you ever asked them, you know, when is the third volume coming, it's like when when it comes. So um I totally respect that approach too. Yeah Be- because and,
1: and the the direct the, the the direct market is built upon regularity right if you're going to put a book out you got to yep. have it bang 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 all issues all subsequent issues come out in a timely fashion blah 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 and he knew he didn't want to get into it until he had the entire thing like there
3: and and he's 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 telling the story um looking he's telling the story today but using characters as they were. And because, cause he, I asked one question and, and it was kind of a, a multi-part question, but his answer just hit everything that, that, that yeah. I was going to spin off of. And, and it was just, it was, he's, I love that, you know, all you have to do is kind of just mention something and not even really so much a question. And, and he just, it's it's, it's so great to just,
4: yeah. Hear. Well, he's, he's extremely at ease. Uh, You know, he's, he's someone who seems at least in the times that we've chatted with him, just to be just intimately comfortable with who he is as a person, his place in the universe. Um, He, he has, unlike a lot of artists who, who seemingly lack confidence or, or, or belief in their own work, he, he just, he does the work for himself. He, he knows he's pretty damn good at it and, and, and. He doesn't really seem all that concerned about what others think beyond the fact that he's reasonably comfortable that a, a lot of people have enjoyed it. And and that's that's refreshing because I think usually it's the other way around. Usually artists are their own worst critics. They're, right. they're just Well, no, I think he's got self-reason. it down. He's got the recipe down.
1: And you mm-hmm. should you shouldn't give a shit what anybody obviously you have to to a teeny tiny degree, because if you if you create stuff that nobody vibes on, you're going to be. You know, yeah, working at a, be you'll be working at a Burger King, right? But I, I like the fact that he he creates what he creates. If you if you vibe with it, great. If you don't, well, you know, c'est la vie. Yeah, yeah. And um, before we talk about what we're going to talk about, we have to uh, give due uh, diligence to a man who passed away today. Oh, yes, yeah, we, we, we lost Peter Mayhew yeah maybe. oh i didn't see that well yeah. no i think
3: he i think he died at the very end of april but it was oh, oh okay. it was reported today all right yeah
1: well i thought it was today so uh chewy is gone and thank you peter mayhew for everything that you've given us
4: seriously
1: yep our childhoods would have been very uh different without peter mayhew for
4: sure
1: yeah so speaking of films let's get into it we gotta
3: oh do we we gotta are we gonna do this or we, we gotta do this, this well i mean because we could we could always we can always come back and discuss it and 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 get, give it its full due i mean i don't i don't want to i don't
4: think we should it. spoil it i think we should maybe give like did we
1: like
3: yeah I don't, I
4: don't, that's that's it's a good only idea. a week dude yeah, not everybody saw it, it. all yeah. right
3: big, big picture we'll we'll, we'll just we'll gloss we'll gloss over End endgame
1: yeah even me saw adventures and it was impressive and i have to say I went into it 100% spoil-free. Oh, okay. same. Yeah, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Yep, Because I made a point. I pulled back. Yep, same. I said, no social media for me until I see it. Oh, dude, yeah.
3: I, I, I put those apps in a whole other folder on the very last screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, took off notifications. About. Didn't want mm-hmm. to know. Didn't care. I was basically... And it and it helped. And that Saturday we kept busy. And, and, you know, we left the house and caught the midnight showing. And it was it was fabulous. And then the next night I tried to see an episode of Game of Thrones so i mean it was it was a fun weekend overall mostly but it was um uh, avengers end game was it it i could not have it it blew away any expectations i had and and i i'm sure all' as a if i see when i see it again um i can probably watch it and and maybe pick things apart as, as one tends to do. But as of right now, I couldn't ask for more.
1: Hmm. Jason, what'd you think?
4: Yeah, I, I think that, uh, it was exactly what it needed to be. It was a, uh, even though Marvel's got many, many more Marvel, uh, superhero movies coming, um, you know, this was the culmination of the first nearly two decade journey, and um, I I thought it was a, a terrific send off. I, I, I it was all the feels. I definitely thought it hit the right emotional uh, moments. I I have no complaints with how they left any of the characters, um, the new status quo, if you will. I I thought all of those characters that or at least actors that won't be returning in the future had uh, very reasonable and 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 uh appropriate send offs in their own ways um, i i you know I probably could watch that last thirty minutes a hundred times um, you know i th- I think that that in a weekend where the net or in a week where the most of the pop culture discussion was about another large battle that uh, had mixed feelings because it was so damn dark. Um, Mar- this end game gave us a battle that uh, I'm always struck by when the first X-Men movie, the Bryan Singer movie was made. Um, you guys, I'm sure remember they, they didn't have angel in the movie because they only had the budget for uh, so many characters. They, the, the special effects budget was, was just going to be too big to add another character with powers. So they, they took angel out of the, out of the movie. Um, and, and fast forward 20 years and we're at a point where we are watching hundreds upon hundreds of comic book characters on screen together fighting. And, uh, the, 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 the 12 year old boy in me who first worked, walked into an LCS and opened up a pull list still gets goosebumps at the thought of that, that that's the reality that we have now. And, uh, yeah, so I thought it was. Listen, I mean, I, I could nitpick it. I mean, there were definitely, I, I, I sure. think obje- objectively speaking, I, I don't necessarily think it was the best made film of the of the bunch. Um, mainly because I thought the middle act was a bit um, extended, but I didn't mind it all, given that they stuck the landing. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was it was exactly what I wanted. Um, interestingly enough, uh, of course I saw it with my family. Um, the only one that didn't love it was my 10 year old who, apparently is more of a continuity stickler than any of us ever were. Jesus. He took some, he had some issues with some continuity issues, but, but I won't get into that here since we're not spoiling. Um, uh, but overall I loved it. Yeah.
3: I ironically enough, before Vince gets into it today, as we record this this evening, um, today is the 11th birthday of the Marvel cinematic universe. It was nice. in, uh, it, it, it was in 2008 when Iron Man. That's what Iron Man, yeah, right? yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, hmm. <laughs> I loved it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's Secret Wars, right? It, it is it, the the same mechanic that made us all love Secret Wars back in the day. Is this, is the same thing that's going on with this movie? It's it's preying upon or it's it's corralling all of the continuity that came before in a way that's appealing to everyone mm-hmm. and it does so very well i thought it was a fun movie and a good movie yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not a great movie i i thought it was vanilla i mean the sure, I the, the cinematography is is good enough the the the, the you know the story is is fine that it goes back to various incidents in the previous movies that are you know of of massive import yeah I, it, it's fine but it's it doesn't push any boundaries it doesn't have to it's 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 a perfect encapsulation of a mainstream comic book company bringing that that mainstream machine to the cinema and it, and, and and as that it works very well mm-hmm. but it's not adventurous in in a in a in a uh explorative way uh, or or a boundary pushing way but it doesn't have to be right, right. it with that that said it's not a great film it's a good film and it works for, for it it works well for the purpose for which it was designed and i had a lot of fun watching it i think that's fair yeah i'm yeah. you know it, i'm i didn't expect to see Lost Highway on the screen, <laughs> or 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 a, a Stanley Kubrick uh, style, let's block out every scene perfectly. Like I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there were the last forty five minutes. I thought were masterful in that sense that right. you right. see everything come to fruition in this one scene. It, it was wonderful. It's it's bubblegum. And it, it was that's the purpose for that's the, the the purpose for which it was designed to be bubblegum, to be uh, a great payoff for everything that came before,
4: and it sure. work it, it does the job. Let's just say that. Yeah, I think that's a, a fair characterization. Yeah, and I'll watch it many many times in the future. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Sure. Yep. Same. Same.
4: Yeah, I mean, we, we'll probably talk in greater detail at some point. I just don't think we should do it this yet. So. No, I mean, sti- I
1: stylistically, that. it doesn't have the the head spinning visuals of Guardians one or or two. I I think Guardians one and two for me are at the top of the Marvel heap in in just trying to do something differently. But that's because uh-huh. of the director coming from an independent film. I mean, his roots are in independent film. Sure, sure. So, of course, he's going to do things differently and try different Mm -hmm. things. And kudos to him for pulling it off. Like, I never expected Gunn to actually pull off Guardians, but he did.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: This is... It it just plays out like a very, very expensive movie of the week. And it works. I mean, it works.
3: That's a compliment. there, there There were moments that were... And, and I, I saw it, again, there's a midnight showing. I saw it with a group that... Um, you went at midnight? I went at midnight. You're crazy. Uh, well, I was supposed to go Friday at noon, um, but everybody else in my wife's office, not to see this movie, but pretty much everybody else in my wife's office was out, so she had to go in. Mm-hmm. So um, And even though we had made plans for months... Because the minion has been waiting for this for over a decade, we were all supposed we we're going to double date. We we're all supposed the to go. The minion, um, but uh, my dude ended up going with uh, his girl and and uh, her sister, and, and and they had a great time. With, but we didn't, love. we didn't get to, um, we did not get to go until Saturday midnight, um, and the theater we, we 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 see the movies at. Um, is is at a bit of a premium. So you're not going with a bunch of people who are bringing their kids and and who are just kind of like looking for that bargain midnight matinee type thing. So this was everybody here was there for a reason and it was to see this movie which was to explain or or wrap up what happened last year and and everybody cheered and yelped and gasped and right when they were supposed to there was applause there was oh hell yeah and i knew that it it was just it was a great Mm -hmm. group it was it was almost like it was a rocky horror showing it was just it was absolutely fantastic and i have no complaints about the crew we were with even though i didn't know anybody and um and of course the movie itself so i mean that whole experience but i mean there were moments where 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 my wife stood up and said Fuck yeah. And it was oh, just, yeah. I, oh, it was fantastic. Okay. I, I could not ask for more.
1: Wow. My experience was very different. I'm
3: sorry.
2: <laughs> yes. I'm sorry.
1: Very man. different. So um, you can pick what seat you want to sit in, right? So my son and I always like to go all the way in the back against the wall. Yeah. As far as we can get away from it. So we picked the two seats in the middle all the way in the back.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: sitting there. By the time the movie started, the theater was maybe half full. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because it was Sunday night at oh at eight thirty.
4: Okay. Yeah. And we had um, Sunday at five, and it was it was full, so, that
1: was so we're sitting there, and we're watching people walk in, and I see this family walk in. Guys, guys carrying a baby in a in mm-hmm. a in a carrier, and two other kids, both of which were probably I would say five and 7
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the wife, and they sit all the way in the back next to us at the end of the row, so I can still hear them, right? Kid starts crying. Other kids start crying. But it only lasted about 15 minutes because they fell asleep, which was great. Mm-hmm. Next to me, I had homeboy and his girlfriend. And I, I swear, if the guy had two brain cells to rub together, it was one too many. And he's, go- and he's, he's going <laughs> through the whole movie. Like he's, oh. he's these little giggles, right? But I, it okay. didn't bother me, right? Because it's not as, again, it's not Lost Highway. It's, it's a freaking Avengers movie. <sighs> Right? So I had a good time, but my son doesn't take kindly to intrusions when he's watching a movie. And I, I, and I, just, ready to go I had to give him the, after we were done, I had to give him the, the, uh, the spiel. You know what I mean? You're, this is not your world. You live in it. Right? So you cannot right. control your environment. Whatever happens, happens. Right? But we're walking out and he goes, I think that was the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And I <laughs> yeah. said, Well you've obviously not have you haven't seen a whole lot of movies, my son, but whatever. And no, he loved it. He thought it was great. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. And and Fair all the way all the way to the car. Remember that time when blah blah blah. <laughs> blah. I'm like, Yeah, we just saw it, dude. You know, I remember it. <laughs> yeah, for action. yeah. No, it was it was it was a good experience. It was fun.
4: Sweet. Yeah.
1: But uh, walking in, we got there a little early maybe about 15 minutes and the theater wasn't cleaned out from the previous show so we had to stand to the side and people are funneling in and out and the whole time I'm going bup bup And my son's like what are you doing I said if I hear one person say anything about the movie I'm I'm just gonna lose it because <laughs> yeah. I don't want yeah, to I don't want to go in with any kind of you know freaking precon- anything So uh, I'm doing hmm, and he's laughing at me. He's giddy. He's like, you're a freak, man. I'm like, well, I don't want to hear anything. And I didn't. I got in unscathed, which was great. Perfect. That that said, how amazing is Godzilla King of the Monsters
3: going to be? Oh, I wonder what you thought of that. It is going to destroy. Oh, I didn't see that trailer. Okay. Really? Yeah, no. The only only trailers I had were um, Lion King, which I had seen. Uh, it was a short one, and actually, no. This is I. I stepped out during the X Men trailer to take the leak because I knew Ugh. I was sitting in I was sitting in that seat and for, for the three hours. So I mm-hmm. had to make sure I was empty before the movie started. So I dipped mm-hmm. out during the X Men trailer.
1: Dude, that Dark Phoenix trailer is busted. Oh, absolutely! No, well, they, yeah. I mean, there, it's
0: <laughs> a disaster in the film. I mean. <laughs>
1: It is bad. I'm like, yeah. my son goes, what the hell is that? I said, don't worry about it. You don't need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to yeah. say, the rock thing, the the Fast and Furious, that looks like a fun freaking movie. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go see You're that.
4: straight superhero now. Good. Nothing wrong I with know, that. I that's awesome. Idris has got cybernetics. I know. He's a handsome man.
1: Not Dianetics. Yes. But- He's very, yeah, Dianetics. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Crazy people.
4: Day a Ron Hubbard.
1: Yeah. So, um, all let right. right, we'll part with the end game until everybody's seen it. We don't yes. want to really, release any spoilers, but three thumbs up.
4: Definitely.
2: Yeah. Definitely. yeah. yeah. I wanted yeah. to,
4: um, while it's still fresh on people's minds, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the Eisner Award nominees this year. The uh, nominations came out this past week. And as always, a lot of books that we talked about and creators that we love and adore got the rub. A uh, little trivia for you: How many Eisner Awards has our guest won in his illustrious career? One. Dap.
3: Um, I honestly do not know. I would. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vince. I'm going to say one.
4: He's won three. Wow! All for different versions of Grendel. He won in 1993 for War Child for Best Limited Series. Uh, He won in 1999 for Best Anthology with Black, White, and Red. And he also won in 1999 for Best Short Story for Devil's Advocate, along with Tim Sale from the aforementioned Grendel Black, White, and Red. Wow. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything
1: during the interview, but... I mean, I know Mage is very personal and very special to him, but and I and I love Mage, but I take Grendel over Mage any day. I love Grendel.
3: Yeah, you do. Yeah, no, I, that's and it's and it's it's where, you know. I it's that's the first tattoo I have, so it's, it's yeah. yeah. There's there's definitely. I mean, it's Mage. I feel a a connection to, but it's there again. There's, there's only um 46 and a half issues of it and
1: right um, well you have that personal connection to it what with it right. being you know but but the, you have to admit but
3: Grendel the, is just I mean it's there's richer there's mythology so much
1: yeah
3: and and it's and it's it's so different from and yeah. it, it it goes on for so I just there's there's so much you can and 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 with Grendel you could just you could, Probably just pick something up and run with it. Whereas Mage, I don't know anybody who's going to pick up, you know, issue eight right. of the second volume. It's right. it's yeah. one of those things where you. I feel kind no of,
4: connection to Grendel. Really, I've read very little of it. Well,
3: you need to rectify
4: yeah, fix that. that. Yeah, I own it all. You've got me yeah. on buy it all. Yeah. I own it all. I just all right. uh, okay. yeah. well, we'll.
3: Or it, some on the book of the month, dude. That we are. Absolutely. Yeah. The book of the month will be done this month, <laughs> this weekend.
2: <laughs> Next book of the month uh, will be Grendel in, in, uh, Ryan the One. one just in,
3: in honor of this interview, it'll be the Demon miniseries. It'll be Sandman Mystery Theater. It'll be don't they Don't send that wagon around. the so,
4: so I'm not going to run through all the nominees, obviously, because there's a shit ton, but I will I just want to shout out some of our peoples. Uh Tom King and Jason Fabak are nominated for Best Short Story. For uh, their story from the Swamp Thing Winter Special. Yep. So props. Uh, this is this may be the year of Lemire because he's nominated like a thousand times, but he's nominated uh, in Best uh, One Shot for Black Hammer, Cthulhu's, which we were fans of. Um, best series this year is it's it's interesting because uh, it's all um, well. I'll just go through them. Batman. Props to Tom. Black Hammer, Age of Doom. Props to Jeff and Dean and Rich. Um, Giant Days, which I am nowhere current on, but I have read the first three trades. So I can definitely speak to the quality of the series, although I haven't read this portion that's been nominated. The Immortal Hulk, whoop, whoop. Wow. Nice. Featuring Al Ewing, Joe Bennett, and Roy Jose. And then the last two, I must say, surprised me because the three of us combined read a lot of the comics. And I don't think any of us have read either uh, any of these two. Gasolina. Oh, by, by Sean Mackwitz I'm probably saying his name wrong. I apologize. And Nico Walter, which is a Skybound Image. book. Yeah, I, I know nothing about it other than I see it solicited. I mean, yep. we get we actually, interestingly enough, we get we get sent those digital copies as comps. But I but I've not read it. So, uh, but it's definitely piqued my curiosity because it's been nominated for best best book. And then Runaways um, by Rainbow Roll and Chris Anka. So uh, a a, a, Marvel, a rare Marvel book, which I think neither Daphne nor I are reading. So not the current volume. No, yeah, yeah. Um, best limited series, of course, Mister Miracle by Tom and Mitch. Woot woot! Uh, with uh, fierce competition from X Men Grand Design Second Genesis by <laughs> Mister Ed Pisker, uh, and then um, Sean Murphy's nominated for Batman White Knight, and then the other two uh, exit stage left: Snagglepuss Chronicles which I think, did you guys like that? I,
3: I didn't care. No, no, so no much, we but. did not. No, no, that, that was yeah, pretty did much across the board. We, yeah, it we did not airport. care for uh, it.
4: And then Eternity Girl by Mags Visaggio and Sonny Lou, uh, which I have not read. Um, Best new series, very happy to see. Uh, apparently, by the way, if you want to get your, your book nominated for an Eisner, you did come on EOC. Uh, Bitter Root uh, <laughs> is nominated for Best New Series. David Walker, <laughs> Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green. Big dick. Uh, Dap has got rooting interest for Crowded by Chris Zabella yes. uh, Gideon Falls, another Jeff Lemire extravaganza um, Isola, which looks the part but it damn sure doesn't read the part in my opinion um, by Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kirschel. Uh Man Eaters by Chelsea Kane and Kate Nemchik I believe you've read the first two, yes, is yes. that right Dad? Yep, I have not yep, yep. Uh, and Stop. then Skyward, which I know nothing about other than uh, it's an image book um just going down the line here, a couple shout-outs. Shout-out uh, to Petals by Gustavo Borges, which I
3: reviewed a few months back. That's, oh, and I uh, had that sitting here. Yeah. That's I, not... had to, <laughs> I, had to, I had to buy that from Amazon because DCBS was like, yeah, that's not coming. Oh, <laughs> right. That's right.
4: Yeah. Nominated for, uh, for best uh, under up to age eight. It looks so cool. It is. Um, and then, of course, huge love to our boy. Not that he needs another Eisner on his mantle. He's already got four, but Scotty along with Jorge Corona nominated for Middle West for best team publication.
1: Oh, that's nice.
4: Which is awesome. As well as uh, long, he's competing against, um, water snakes by Tony Sandoval, which I really, Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Stiff
1: sure. competition.
4: Uh, the best anthology this year is super stiff, but, uh, I think it's fair to say we'll be rooting for where we live a benefit for the survivors wow. of Las Vegas. We were fortunate enough to have, uh, J H and Wendy, uh, on the show to talk about that. Um, Best graphic album. I believe this is their first nomination. So, congratulations to our friends Karina and Gabriel. Karina Beckham oh. and Gabriel Hardman for Green Lantern Earth One. Yes. On that's 10, great. Which is super awesome. Yep. And they're up against uh, Come Again by Nate Powell, which I loved and talked about here. And then, frankly, what I think is probably going to win is, is uh, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies by Brubaker and Phillips. Okay. So, that, yep. that's, a, that's a tough spot to be up against. Um, best graphic album reprint. Is um, you got the vision, which God, I feel like that book came out like five years ago, science. So um, but then you have Upgrade Soul by Ezra Clayton Daniels. Oh, so definitely nice. love to see him get his love there and uh, best writer, uh, our friend our friend Tom Kane yet again. Shocker, uh, Jeff Lemire yet again, along with uh, most recent EOC guest until tonight, Miss Kelly Thompson. That's awesome for her. Nominated for best writer, seriously. Yeah, uh, along with DAP's favorite, Chip Zdarsky. Oh yes, take Mark, it all, Chip. Mark Russell and Alex De Campy, nice. which uh, oh nice is an choice. And then um, best writer artist is a group of creators, which uh, it's nice to see because I feel like often it's the same group of creators nominated there, and it's a kind of a new bunch. Sophie Campbell, uh, nice. Nick, I'm probably saying this wrong. Dernasso for Sabrina, which is drawn a quarterly book. I'm not familiar with that book. Uh, David Lapham, Nate Powell, Tony Sandoval, and Jen Wang. Uh, and then Mitch Garrods is nominated for Best Artist, along with Sean Phillips and Sonny Liu, all, all people were big fans of. That's wow, hard. that's yeah, a hard. rough category. No, yeah. I'm saying, right? I don't want to be a voter for that
1: one. What do no, you do I'm after not. you see the name Sean Phillips on there?
4: You're like, oh, it's shit. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder, how, Do you? Th- I feel they've probably won before, right? Yeah, let's see. He has won three times. He has won three times. Uh, yeah, and there's a bunch more, but, but those are the, the ones that stuck out to me as, as people that uh, we've, we've got love for, or have, uh, and or have been on the show. So, all right, uh, we need to get Sean Phillips and Brubaker on here one of these days. <laughs> Listen, I'm
1: good. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not good, <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs>
2: but
4: I, we could try. We could try.
1: All right. You are good because I read something that you have been praising for a while. Word? Yes. And um a bit reluctant to get into it because I thought it was just the D C version of Deadpool with the jokes. We got jokes. Oh, god damn. It only took
4: you what six years to do Yeah, that.
1: we got jokes and we got violence and you know, okay. But Jason has been pimping Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti's oh, yes. Harley Quinn uh for a long time. And yes. I recently uh, stumbled upon very inexpensive hardcovers of all 6 volumes of the new 52 Harley Quinn and I knew that I had Matt Wagner coming up this week <laughs> but once I started reading Harley Quinn I couldn't stop nice and it's only 30 issues plus a bunch of specials and one-shots so a-
4: Yeah they they had like you said that they had this they had a lot of specials they had the mini series like they yeah. had the they also had the, um, I forget the name of it offhand, but the team-up book she had. Yeah, the Harley, Harley
1: Quinn's black book is not in these, unfortunately. Right. So
4: so they probably put almost 50 issues, I'd say, of their Right,
1: film. so you figure 30 issues of Harley Quinn, plus a Loot Crate issue, and, and, a, and a Valentine's, like a bunch of different specials. Yeah. And I thought it was phenomenal, but... Nice. And of course, the art is by uh, Chad Harden, uh, is it John Timms? Uh Johnson. Jed Doherty. There's a Paul Pope page in there because there's a special and Linsner.
4: Linsner did a few issues
1: too. Yeah. Um and I gotta say it's wonderful, but the thing that really turned me on it was yes, it's very good storytelling. Um there there's there's very good characterization in it. Like Harley's crazy, but she's not absolutely batshit crazy. Like she has a heart, she has she has an affinity for animals. Um, she also has an affinity for um the son of Madame macabre who runs the wax museum in her building and most of the storylines spring out of that mm-hmm. that um her her love for this this guy um but and then there's big tony who's great but the thing is that that really got me was issue twenty five and I almost wish that they stopped after issue twenty five because 25 is the issue where she has to go into Arkham Asylum and to try and get, um, is it Marcus, the son? The name escapes me right now. Madame Macabre's son. He, he, he was in a bar fight. And unfortunately, the uh, foe of the bar fight was the mayor's son. And the mayor's son hit his head on, a, on something and he died. So involuntary manslaughter. So um, the son is in prison and he's transferred around, and the the mayor's playing uh, carrot on a stick with Harley, and he has him, you know, the 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 guy's transferred to Arkham. So Harley goes into Arkham to try and get him out, and who is in the cell opposite of him but the Joker? And initially in the series, the, the Harley is all gaga over the Joker, and and you know, he's the pudding thing, and okay, you know, that's great. But mm-hmm. but, over the course of the twenty five issues, she realizes that he abused her physically, emotionally uh mentally and and that's what this series is to me it's It's a survivor's tale of a woman that has superseded abuse because yeah, she
4: it, takes ownership of herself okay. right
1: because in issue mm-hmm. twenty five she beats the shit out of the joker she's like mm-hmm. he he start he's trying to 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 woo her and he's using you know the language that she's accustomed to and she's like no i'm i'm not going to fall for it this time you were mean to me you abused me you treated me like shit i'm better than this and i'm not going to fall for it and she ends up i mean i almost wish she didn't beat the shit out of him because for her to 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 win without touching him would have been a better um
4: Crescendo, then her, mm-hmm. you know, but it is what it is. But uh, can, ulti- can I just uh, tell you before, before you go? On, I'm so happy to hear you talk about this because um, I remember reading this because I read this as it. I read this monthly. I remember as this came out. Um, I think I probably wasn't alone. I really dreaded when I saw this solicit of that the Joker was coming to the book because. Right. I had so been enjoying her not being the Joker's gal pal, right. and I thought, oh yeah, like we do. We have to bring the Joker into this. So those issues really cemented for me how awesome Jimmy and Amanda were. To your point, because obviously, as you just said, yes, the Joker appeared, but it was it was for her to to take back her life. Right. And I thought that she, was great. She's yeah. a survivor, yeah.
1: which is I mean, it's amazing how much they empowered her. To I mean, she gets her own building. It was left to her from a former patient. She gets her own building. She has tenants. She has a family. She has the floor with all the animals on it that she tends to. Yes, she still makes with the violence, and she's unhinged. You know, she's not completely normal, mm-hmm. but she's got a heart. You know, she's not just this arm candy for the Joker to abuse and, and manipulate. And I thought, wow, wow. This is amazing. Not only is the is the story great, the art's phenomenal. Like Chad Harden, if there was anyone th- that I thought, all right, there's nobody going to follow Amanda Connor on Harley, but he does it, and he does it in a way that's unlike the way she represents Harley, but it's just as good, in a different way. Right? Brett Blevins takes a stab at it, and there's that that beautiful relationship between Harley and Ivy. And Ivy, yeah, she's she's not jealous. But the fact that there's someone else in Harley's life, she's glad that her boo is happy. She's not uh, – she doesn't have any any um, mean-spirited thoughts towards this guy. She just wants Harley to be happy because she's going to get what she's going to get, right? She. The, the, those two have a relationship that is um, removed from anything that Harley would find with anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Catwoman issues that, that, that they're together, it's just an amazing run and it's so well done that – I thought you know that she was just DC's Deadpool and she's not. She's she's so much more. And it's no, it's, and it's
4: a- funny because they they do pretty much have her go up against Deadpool. Well, yeah, at one point. Yeah,
1: the the guy at the end, the the what is his name? Red um I don't have the books next to me now so I can't say. It. But yes, there's a there's a Deadpool pastiche in the end. Yeah. That that's pretty good. But um the real takeaway is this is a woman who has beaten down her oppressors and she's she's risen above and it's a great story and it functions really well as that with with the over-the-top violence and the the beaver jokes and and cyborg who's an amazing character it's just like this thing is it, it's a family book it's everything that Dapp and i love about amazing spider-man not just peter it's everybody else in the bugle and aunt may and and and, and you know the the neighbors and and the the girl across the hall it's not just about Peter. It's not just about Harley. It's great, great storytelling. So if you find these things, I got them—the hardcovers for like six bucks and change a
3: piece. Oh wow, You're, that's great. Yeah, we don't. I, I don't have on Ollies.
2: Yeah,
1: well, I had a. What I didn't get at Ollies, I got at Books a Million. Books a Million had. Don't them have for, either, but. Sorry, Books a Million had like the volumes I didn't have for like seven bucks. That's so awesome. I I didn't pay anywhere near. They're twenty four ninety nine cover price. Yeah, I assume
4: a bunch of this is
3: on the DC app now. Ah, uh, you know what? It very well might be.
4: Yeah, and it makes—I don't know for sure, but I assume it is. It makes me giddy that they modeled Big
1: Tony after Glenn Danzig. He—he's sure, a—he's—he's yeah. he's a little man, but he's modeled after Glenn Danzig. Mm-hmm. He even has the Kaluta, uh skull and horns from the first album as a bell buckle, and I love it. It's just so mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Well, and I'm s- very glad that. Uh... And it's sexy too. Oh, right, definitely. without being, without being pandering or cheesecakey. Well, it is kind of cheesecakey. It it's is cheesecakey.
4: Yeah, yeah it, it, is. It, it is. It is. Yeah. But I mean, it's- that's Amanda's style. That's her. That's her. Her au revoir.
3: Right. This is the 2016 series or the 2013 series. The new 52 series. Uh, there are 44 issues according to the DC app.
4: Yeah. Well, they yeah they stopped writing it. Someone
3: else took over, but.
1: Well no, the the rebirth issues on issue sixty one. But as far as I know, there's only Oh the new
3: fifty two said and that's twenty thirteen. Yeah, there's thirty S- issues. So there are yeah, they even have the old Kessel series. Um Kessel Run. Thirty eight issues. <laughs> Kessel Run. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. One But it's yeah. it's great stuff.
4: I um before it gets too long in the tooth I, I i was wondering if we wanted to 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 speak on uh, our good friends somewhat controversial reveal in heroes in crisis was tom's tom's, tom's uh, yeah tom's okay decision as to uh uh i guess we, this has been out long enough that i we should let's say spoiler warning because i don't know that i can i can foster this conversation without discussing the spoiler that it, kind of pointless to talk about it in Theoretical. So, spoilers to anyone that is is reading Heroes in Crisis and has not yet read issue eight, um, or or been spoiled on the internet. I don't know how if you're if you follow anyone on social media that talks comics. It's, I can't imagine you don't know what happened already. But um, in any event, spoiler warning. Pause. Uh, we found out who done it. We found out who, in fact, committed the murders uh, at uh, the sanctuary and. Uh, not to uh, not to brag or anything, but uh, if y'all go back and listen to um, our our review of the first issue, I called it. What'd you uh, say? I I said Wally was the killer, and I was right. So I'll take my victory lap. But uh, yes, Wally uh, uh. was in fact the killer, uh, not Booster and not Harley. Um, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising that. Some people are feeling some kind of way about it. The reaction or the magnitude of the reaction to anything comic related like this always fascinates me and and since Tom's our friend it it bugs me I, in this case I, I I don't understand how any fictional serialized story can elicit that kind of, of frustration or anger and so on but nevertheless it it has to it is a part of it is a part of this series now because it is you know I guess some people were upset with the, with the decision to make Wally the, the, uh, the perpetrator. But the, the premise is that Wally is so overwhelmed by the trauma he's dealt with, most specifically the loss of his wife and children who were basically erased out of existence, um, that he loses control of the Speed Force in a moment of panic. And that loss of control kills all the people that are dead and then where it gets somewhat convoluted is i guess he then opts to um because he's so overwhelmed by the fact that he did it he opts to use his powers to basically go back in time and or slow down time and and make rearrange the bodies to make it look like they were all murdered um and and, and you know and then but but ultimately confesses so um I would imagine that my reaction to the story is probably far less burdened by continuity because I have no emotional attachment to Wally. Um, as you guys know, I didn't read much DC until I was an adult. Uh, I have no strong emotional feelings toward any Flash character. They're just characters. I watch the TV show with my sons. Um, I, I like the characters, I, I, but I just don't. I, you know, there's I don't have a, a like, I don't get caught up in who's my Flash or uh, how they should be depicted. So this doesn't bother me in the least from a storytelling perspective. I think it made sense. I think it had to be someone you wouldn't have expected. It had to be someone that, um, that hurt. I mean, that's the point of the series. To me, the point of the series, per Tom, is that uh, PTSD is a real thing, and it affects everybody, not just stereotypical people. And so I think that's the point he was trying to get across. Uh, and ultimately, people—it's comics. Like it is. this dude's been dead before. Like he's been out of existence. Like if 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 it's that bothersome to people, the next person assigned to write a Wally West comic can remove this from ever happening. Like it's it, you know what I mean. Like like I, I don't like all the stories you read. There were still Wally. It doesn't change who he is or who he was. So, um, but but that said, you know, again, I always say that with a caveat if. This was done to a character that I truly cared about. I might have for feelings. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. you all know I. Jeff Loeb is dead to me because he would did to the Wolverine, and Charles Soule's dead to me because he what he did to Wolverine, and <laughs> <laughs> so so um, so yeah. Listen, I mean, uh, I'm not going to pretend that I haven't at times in my comic fandom been overwhelmed by what I think a character should should act like, even if it's irrational. So, I'm not saying. The feelings are necessarily wrong. I'm saying the people's reactions or the way they're dealing with the feelings are hella wrong. Right. But uh, I will hand it off to you, two because you have a far greater, <sighs> richer tapestry of history with the character.
1: Well, you know Dap and I. Our Flash is Wally Wood. Or, sorry, Wally, Wally. Wally West.
3: It's that He
1: have, is our Flash, right? We don't know nothing see, about I Barry. Would that. I, would, I
3: would have assumed no, Barry Allen's I... Flash. I, I I do. For, Wally is Kid Flash to me. Hmm. Okay, because, because of the Titans. I I grew up reading those Carmen Infantino Barry Allen issues. Um, All right. Well, I should uh, have and, spoken and which, for which you. Is then. Also, why um, Crisis probably means more to me than it does to you because because of of Barry's sacrifice. So that that's a big part of that, and 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 why that series moves me but no i mean but i i do yes i i i want to let you continue No,
1: okay i'm sorry for uh, putting words in your mouth i'll speak for myself wally's my flash Mm -hmm. barry to me was always stiff and that other
3: guy just like Mm him
1: yeah when when i started reading dc wally was the flash so Mm -hmm. i've only known wally for decades until they decided to bring barry back barry was yeah. barry was the guy i read in old dick dylan drawn justice league stories right mm-hmm. right he he was never yeah, barry was the the bow tie wearing forensic dude and yeah. wally was the cool guy with the family and mark wade and that whole entire uh. that, that mark wade run is phenomenal and so i i latched and the william messner lobes Started it off. I just I loved Wally. Didn't have too much care for, for Barry. So mm-hmm. when I when I read this issue, I thought I'm with you with the grieving and uh, for the loss of the family because they're crucial to Wally, right? And they've been they've mm-hmm. been erased before, um, but uh, I get it. and and who's to say that even the 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 most stalwart hero wouldn't crack i mean look what happened to hawkeye right in in endgame right so i get i understand that and you had me up until the rearranging of the bodies where i thought Mm -hmm. nah i don't think wally
4: would do that you think he would have just gone to peruse or i think he would hey i just did something yeah
1: i fucked up real bad and and um, you got to just take me away because I, I messed up. I don't think he would try and cover up anything that he did. Mm-hmm. That is devious and calculated, and that's the things that I, that's the kind of thinking that I would attribute to a true murderer, not someone who just lost it. And right, that's
4: the act that makes him a villain, right? Burn yes. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a victim up until that point, then he becomes a villain.
1: Once he he starts to erase what he did. Instead mm-hmm. of atoning for what yeah. he did, that's not, the problem I have. He knows what
4: he's doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I agree with that interpretation again, but coming from a point where I, I don't, it doesn't like I don't care one way or the other. But I would agree. Like my character, should. Is like, eh. No, my point is like I'm like okay, but t- t- not having a history with Wally, I I think you could the statement you just made. I think you could make for most heroes in comics. Right, They're one of the as heroes they would turn themselves in. Right. They so would say, "I put me in jail, I fucked up. Yeah, but remember, uh, you, you're not forgetting,
1: that this is Tom King, and we have one issue that left. Is still Washington, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. maybe Wally was mind-controlled to think that he did it, because other characters along this series have thought that they did it, too. So, maybe something is working on Wally. I mean, the fact that there's one issue left, and it is Tom King, lends me to believe that it ain't over yet.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay
1: Tom has a I great way his I don't know. Tom has a great way of spinning things, so we'll see. I mean, he could turn this around. I don't know
3: hmm How about you dad? um as, as I mentioned Bali is is kid flashed me and and they with the whole new fifty two and basically erasing him. Um, I haven't seen him for so long until, of course, the 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 button event and mm-hmm. um, Barry pulling him out, remembering him all of a sudden. Uh, so I definitely feel that, that that Wally's been given the short shrift over these past few years. Um, so this really isn't my Wally. This isn't the Wally that I grew up reading um and and to Vince's point about the whole Mike Barron and Loeb and and Wade and and of course Miller and Morrison and and what they did with Wally I didn't read a whole lot of that so I didn't the Wally I know is the one who um was 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 dating someone who was putting up with him but then he kind of had a crush on Raven and and he was and then he found out that his powers were killing him and um and he quit the Titans at the same time Robin quit and uh that was pretty much it until crisis and then we found out that um while well, these powers were no longer killing him and he decided to pick up the mantle become the flash uh and and He's been the Flash. I think at this point, he's probably been the Flash a lot longer than it. he's been a kid Flash. And just like Kyle is Green Lantern for so many people, like Vince, Wally is their Flash. So um, I've. This wasn't a. Hal Jordan recreating Coast City thing for me. This, this wasn't a, a, a Emerald Twilight Parallax Rising sort of event. I, I found this, I, I read this, and the Speed Force has been around for some time, and this is, is Tom doing a story about a character who who, who taps into the Speed Force, and has a lot going on in his head and and trying to deal with it he's in this place where you know they're supposed to be dealing with these things and he loses control and in all the years and in, in all the stories we've read of speedsters um you know yes i'm sure you really need to be very strong and 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 have great willpower in order to contain the speed force and make sure things like this don't happen. But here this happened. And I I don't quite know what to make of it. It's it's um probably because I have such a disconnect to this particular character in this setting. This this if this was if this was Kid Flash, I'd definitely be feeling some kind of way. But this is <laughs> this is a Wally who has who's been, you know, kind of just Pushed off to the side for the past bunch of years, and and then he came back a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, and we're supposed to all of a sudden, you know, remember and care about this dude. And and yes, I'm sure his fans do, and you know they feel because you know he's missing Linda, he's missing the kids, and and that's not easy to deal with. But I feel like he hasn't been back long enough for all that weight to really have an mm-hmm. impact for me. Mm-hmm. And,
1: that's kind of the point, isn't it? the The fact that he's been sidelined, and yet he he's lost his family, right? Right. And, and the only the only time we've seen him, well, I mean, I, yes, I haven't read everything DC's put out, but me, the only time I've seen Wally is in the button thing,
3: and he was he was part of the um. There there, there was a a flash war event or there was a flash event a couple a bunch of months ago that that I read because that had to deal with this Wally and um iris's nephew the the other wally um and it, i don't know how much it really made of it all right. but it, it's it's but you're right mm-hmm. but
1: if you if you read the, the wade run the stuff that wally does with the speed force is incredible absolutely he, he owns the speed force yes and t- to say that again if the grief is what pushed him over the edge okay it it just feels, I don't know, it just feels very manipulative to me. Here we have a character that has, yes, been ostracized from Rebirth for whatever mm-hmm. reasons, um, not to Flash anymore, lost his, his uh, Linda and his two kids, and now he's trying to deal with it, that he would commit murders. I don't know. I mean, Tom's our buddy. I get it. Listen, we'll have him just,
4: on the show sometime soon, as we often do, and we'll we'll talk about it.
1: Right? It just it just seems a little the like we said the 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 um, not recanting and not atoning for what he did is the part that I have a problem with.
4: I, I, I believe say, he could have done it. Sure. Um, I think I'm glad this conversation went this way because I wanted to. Um, n- number one, I. I it is a book that has touched that comics culture zeitgeist in a way that a lot of books don't. Uh, so I thought it was pertinent to at least speak on it. But two, um, I think it's also important to illustrate that even when someone is someone we consider a good friend, it's totally reasonable to, um, discuss critically. Sure. An issue or a series that may not a hundred percent resonate with us, but, uh, hopefully. And again, I'm glad it went this way, that we at least kind of illustrate that you can do these kinds of things in a mature, balanced manner, that if you disagree with a story plot point for whatever reason, even if you have an emotional attachment to the character that clearly none of us really do, well, if Vince does, I should say, but yeah. Dave and I don't, uh, it, it doesn't have to resort to what this resorted to in the last few weeks for Tom. No, it's, it's ridiculous. silly.
1: It's just a story, but on the conversely it is a thread in the tapestry of of wally west it's never going to go away whether people read it and acknowledge it or just um shun it it doesn't go away so you
4: are right on that because as you guys know i really had no um uh, almost no exposure to hal jordan in comics until we started the podcast and yet like when I thought of the character, I thought parallax. Like, like I just you know, you think like <laughs> you think of those moments, you know, you think of those moments like that that are where they where the characters go on tilt. Uh, yeah, I will say the cool thing about Tom's career to date is, and this is not me uh, putting this out. That's just I mean, Tom has said as much. In fact, I'm pretty sure he said said as much on on our show and other places. Uh, a lot of his his work to this point has been uh, centered around phobias, things that yeah. uh, he, that, and in particular his personal fears, you know, whether it was dealing with the stress of, of war or in this case, PTSD or post-war stress or the stress of, of being a parent and balancing a career with being a parent. Like we saw in Mr. Miracle and vision. I mean, I just think it's, 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 um, He's somewhat, even though he's, he's part of this new generation, our generation, which are generally far more open with our emotions than our fathers were. And it's interesting that there are now a group of writers, Tom, at the forefront that are leading with that. Like they're leading with their emotions, with their, with their, uh, with their fears and their inhibitions and their neuroses. And they're using those to channel great storytelling it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. And I do think it's definitely generational. That's not something we saw much of in prior generations. So, yeah,
1: I agree. But it it's all just storytelling and whether it, it strikes a nerve or it doesn't, you got to approach it, like Jason said, as a mature or hopefully as, as an adult if you are so, and just realize that it's disposable entertainment, and it doesn't really matter, but
3: the it
1: kind of does,
3: because right. <laughs> because the problem the problem is if, if you <laughs> have that disconnect, if you just think okay, yeah, this is this is going to be retconned in in three months, then there's no emotional weight to the story you're reading, and and you want. Tom wants a reaction. He made, he doesn't fucking want death stress, nor does he deserve death stress, but he, he, he wants you to react because this is a character who you wouldn't expect this from. And this happened. And, and it's, you know, he, he's using his knowledge of his uncle because his uncle is a forensic scientist. And, and if this was Bart, if Bart reacted this way or lashed out like this, I could understand it because it's Wally who's always been so measured and, and was a family man, and and you know has seen you know he's he, he's hung out with junkies on his team. He's 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 seen people who were you know just had a lot. But it basically, you know, Wally kind of grew up in the brat pack, and and for him to do this and then. And like like you said, instead then try to in your quotes fix it and and you know manipulate the scene. It's like your your uncle is a forensic scientist. I get that you know you're trying to set this up because you know what assumptions Barry would make and you know what he'd look for and what clues he'd he'd, he'd seek out. But you know all of that because you're thinking all that through. Now now you've entered into. I mean yes, the the murder wasn't premeditated, but you fixing. The crime scene is and it's just it's how about you
1: how about going back to in time to the point where you fucked up instead of after you fucked up like if you could if you could bend time to go back and adjust the bodies to the to the point where it looks like they were murdered how about you know going back a little farther
3: to the point I where you lost sure, it yes and tell yourself keep it in yeah and, and it's you know so so there's but like you said and and yeah it's but you can't do I, that
4: though right like, that's, not that the point? Like, he, he can't, he can't change that. Isn't that, I mean, because that's why he goes and he, I mean, in the story, he kills anyway,
3: himself. He kills himself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like you can't interfere with your own timeline, like, like Doctor Who, but it's, it's, there's a, um, you know, I, I've, you know, Vision, Mr. Miracle, you know, I, I'm, I have, uh he's, he's, Thirty odd issues away from, from finishing up his Batman run, I have no worry that, that Tom can't stick the landing. I don't think out, Tom needs things. Yeah, so I don't think he needs
4: validation. I think right. So he's, it's, he's it's one of those things. Little, where, yeah,
3: right. um, I'm, 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 but in in I'm the end, to to this last issue, because I want it's not so much that I want to see how he digs his way out of this or how he fixes this. I want I, I want some. Closure is not the right word, but I, I, I just I, I need to see you know how this wraps up. And well, I mean, look at it this way: I'm a Stephen King
1: fan. There are Stephen King books sure. that I that I did not like, and there's uh, there's yeah, I guess, uh, there's a couple, but yeah. nobody on the planet can say that Stephen King's not a great writer.
4: Damn, Skippy!
1: Right? So, I mean, even sometimes to taste
4: that your mouth. Try to
1: sometimes even the greats get a little they stray a little bit. So maybe this is maybe this is Tom's moment where you know it's not the best thing he's ever written. Okay, you got to take the, he's human. You got to take the good with the bad, and bad is not so bad when it comes to Tom King as his the man he shares his uh, surname with Stephen King. Great, most of his books, I, man, I love them. but there's a couple that I've just like I cannot even finish this thing. So it happens, and you got to deal with it. I'm trying to think what uh,
4: Stephen King books I would include in that.
1: Uh, Do you have
4: any off the top of your head? From a Buick 8? Never read it. Yeah,
1: um, Yeah, there's a couple. That's just sell. Yeah, that, that's not all that great. No, I read
4: that. Uh, I know that's widely uh, criticized. I enjoyed it, though. I'll go back to it.
1: But, I mean, there's Enjoy, and then there's, like, The Shining enjoy or mm-hmm. you know Salem's lot or the stand the come stand, on right. yeah come on yeah give me a break i mean he's a great writer but sometimes he just loses the the JFK thing i didn't i didn't really care for either it was all, mm-hmm. it was all right but and the of course the baseball book whatever <laughs> yeah but no i mean let's just we'll, we'll wait till tom has his last yeah, issue man. and then you know what I, I mean i love tom but i'll just be like dude i, di- I just didn't i didn't it, it didn't do anything
3: for So not everything's good not everything's gonna hit with all of us. yeah whatever and i'm yeah, sure he doesn't really fine. give
1: a shit either way right he he said what he wanted to say and if you if you if it vibrates at your frequency great if it doesn't that's also good but i'm bummed yeah all right everybody um uh, in your travels time yes indeed. yes hey thank you for being here with us once again uh remember discount comic book service is the only place to go if you would like to play less than everybody else is paying d c b service while they're playing less can they also pay less or is that okay i noticed one or two mm-hmm. things you didn't say and i didn't bring <laughs> them out it's... no it's all right i see how he plays Yes, yeah. all right. Oh, yeah <laughs> dcbservice.com one more time for jason dcbservice.com will get you the get They'll get you what you want deliver them mm-hmm. right to your door you dick and you're not going to pay a whole lot for them in your travels uh this is the hard part because i read something that didn't really click with me Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. aside from the the mountain of harley quinn and matt wagner that i read for this so episode
3: that, that sounds like it said in your travels
1: yeah i'm not gonna say what it was um <laughs> hilarious okay yeah it's not it's, i didn't think it was very good visually it was nice but
4: <laughs> so your travels gonna be a mystery tonight
1: no what i will say is <laughs> um, um what i also read a ton of femforce now you're gonna say oh my god here he goes!" No, stop. Um the the history of force is the publisher Bill Black also published he's been publishing stuff since nineteen, I bet, sixty-nine around there. Paragon Press, he had a, a very uh let's not say lucrative, but he was he was um everywhere in the seventies. Uh fanzines, uh Captain Paragon, all this stuff that he put out himself. And then he decided once his direct market started, like, hey, I'm gonna try this thing out. So they they did Femforce, uh, Bill Black, Mark Heike. There's a bunch of pieces, and uh, obvious. And what I read included the very first Femforce work by Darren Goodhart, our buddy. And the pages are beautiful. But anyway, in addition to the cheesecakey escapades of characters like She Cat and Night Vale and Tara, the Jungle Girl, which I love. I'm I'm all for female superheroes, especially if they're done cheesecakey. I love FemForce, but the real thing I wanted to talk about was the editorial pages and the letters pages. I read about 20 issues, and this is very early on the FemForce run, like say nine to whatever, 21 or something. You get to see Bill Black embrace the direct market because early on, everything was kicking, right? We're talking 80, well, 87. So it was at that, just at the the, the point where the direct market started going to the shitter and he's like i love this direct market thing it's great people are making money uh, i'm just going to continue to be in the direct market and then an editorial later he's like not everybody's making money in the direct market only a few people are making money we're, we're not doing it i don't know if Force can continue we're going to have to change from color to black and white and he sends out a questionnaire to all his readers to, to to write in and say who's your favorite favorite character would you pay extra if femforce was male only um does it matter to you whether they're in black and white and color like stuff like that and then he's lamenting the fact that femforce is just not selling huge numbers like the turtles or anybody else and he's like yeah i don't know if this is going to continue you may have to mail in for it this direct market sucks and then he Makes a decision to change from color to black and white, and he's like, oh, "I guess I'll stick out the direct market for a little while." And this is Femforce under issue twenty. Femforce has just published their hundred and eighty-sixth issue, wow. so he's still doing it in the direct market. Albeit mm-hmm. now it's like an eighty-four page comic for like ten bucks, which I love. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I still buy it. But it's black and white, and mm-hmm. and oddly enough. They're taking, uh, an, they're make, doing an experiment now with this new book called Super Babes that's in color. So he's going; it's full circle. He's going back to the way Femforce originally was in color. But I guess the the point I'm trying to make is, the 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 actual comics are great, but if you read a bunch of early Femforce, especially the editorial and the letters pages, you get a bird's vi, a bird's eye view into um, a publisher that's scared. He's he's very he's afraid for the he's questioning the longevity or the the uh, the um, was it wise to actually go into this market in the first place and it's neat uh, you can't get that from a trade paperback or you know they're not online anywhere you can only mm-hmm. get them if you buy the original issues and it's it's a worthy um, endeavor because like I said this is direct market history you have this guy who's been in publishing for decades. Thinking, mm, I don't know. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. this direct market shit. I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose my shirt. And, you know, the sky was obviously falling because he's still doing it. I'll, albeit he passed the reins of Femforce over to Mark Mark Heike, but still, he. This is the, you need to know this stuff. It's comics history. So if you have a chance and you see a bunch of Femforce issues, early issues, on sale for cheap, and they should be, scoop them up. Because you get a nice little history lesson in the process of all this beautiful good girl art. And I got to tip my hat to Darren Goodhart. It's great stuff. He does really good work. And I love the Femforce. Nice. From AC Comics. Still extant today, they're still out there plugging away.
3: Nicely done. Um, I always remember seeing Femforce. In the coming distractions and amazing heroes, because it was AC yep. so early in the um, yeah in the list.
1: My favorite's Night Vale because she's a magic user number one, but she got the garters and the long stockings. Like, dude, come on! You going to battle with garters and long? Ooh, stop pulling out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, in your travels Uh, I mentioned the first issue a couple months ago I've read issue 2 and 3 and I'm enjoying the hell out of this contest of champions like tale Uh, Star Trek the Q conflict where our heroes of Starfleet are pitted against one another in groups of four teams and the um those teams are captained or coached by um four pretty much omnipotent uh beings um Trelane from the first original series uh, is in charge of one team. Q is in charge of another team. Um, the Organians, also from the original series, covers uh, team three. And the fourth team, again from the original series, uh, the Metrons. And they all, I said, it's it's very much a contest of champions-style story because all the teams are pitted against each other in order to... Uh, Achieve a a goal or or obtain an artifact uh, and bring it back and um, hopefully save the universe in the process. Uh, there may be some shenanigans or some uh, underhanded dealings going on. Uh, some of these characters haven't been seen in many many years, but. Uh, The writers, Scott Tipton and David Tipton, do a very good job of, um... It it definitely sounds like Trelane. Uh, the, uh... There there are... There's nothing... Nothing seems off by any of this. Even even with the teams consisting of uh, the original series crew members, Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, and Voyager. Um... And they're all mixed and matched, so you'll have you'll have a few people from the Deep Space Nine crew, with the original series crew, uh, maybe one from um, Voyager. It's I, I I like when they can kind of tell stories and, and just mash up because you know it's all going to be put back to the way it was once this once this contest is over, uh, but. In this particular case, for me, it's it's all about the journey. I, I, I got to see how um, Q tries to make himself look good in front of everybody, uh, even though he's dealt with, he's always tried to get under Picard's skin. Cisco uh, is not having any of his shit because he's the only person who wouldn't put up with it and, and actually struck him um, almost never to be seen again on Deep Space Nine. And and um, Janeway tolerated him um, for the most part. But David Messina's art is pretty slamming on this. The, the likenesses are, um, it's, it's like when, when Jason talks about Buffy, it's, you know, you know who everybody's supposed to be um, without it uh feeling like it's it's been heavily photo referenced or you're just you know flipping through an old issue of TV guide. It it looks um it and, and it flows really well. The action is there. It's it's a pretty cool story. Um um I'm enjoying it a lot and I don't really know how it's going to end and and obviously our heroes will come out on top, but um, figuring out or seeing how they overcome uh, whatever obstacles these, uh, these higher beings put in their way uh, is the fun for me. So, in your travels, Star Trek, The Q Conflict.
4: Right on. Um, I'm going to keep it real simple, people. Read some Avengers comics. They're damn good right now. You got Agent Colson Introducing the Squadron Supreme of America, in Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness's Avengers proper. You've got the first issue of Savage Avengers, which, of course, better known as the story where Conan becomes an Avenger. Yeah. But the first issue was dope. It, it was uh, good. It, yeah. It was. It was basically Conan in the Savage Land, going up against my boy Logan. And uh, there was a little bit of the funnies. There was a little they a little mutual respect for one another. A little like oh, respect, respect. You know, a little like uh, like Kirk and Bones that meme where they just keep nodding to each other. There was a lot of that. Um, so not the first issue, not so much an Avengers comic as a Conan uh, Wolverine team up comic. And I love the Savage Land. We don't get enough Savage Land. So so that's off to an auspicious start. And um, uh, and then a, a book that deserves a lot more attention in, in your travels because we've reviewed a bulk of it and is wrapped up now and we need to give it its proper send off avengers no road home number 10 is has his hit the stands and that wraps up the series so uh how often can you say that there are three avengers stories in print at the same time that are great yeah it's been a while so make it happen people good stuff
1: yep yep i concur okay everybody uh, thank you for being here with us one more time. If you would like to experience more of EOC outside of the audio version, we have a bunch of Facebook groups that you can peruse. We're on the Twitters. We have the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Check them out. We're everywhere because we don't know how to do anything else. So uh remember, say night. <laughs> 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 David, that was
2: dirty.
3: Nice. <laughs> 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 there you go. Ah, sorry. Oh, all right. David.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Good stuff, people. Um, oh, I forgot to mention. If anybody has, um, this is totally excessive. If anybody has FemForce issues and they don't want them, I don't have a complete run yet, so I'll either I'll either buy them off here or trade you something for them. So there you go. call me. But anyway, good. Uh, we love you so much. Just come back for real though. Yeah. We've got more got more surprises in store this month. Maybe. Oh God, no, there's no maybe. We do.
4: Well, uh, I yeah, will say maybe. <laughs> uh, well,
3: let's until maybe, it, until uh, it happens. It's yeah, a maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a maybe. Yeah.
2: But
1: just us, definite.
4: Oh, no, we'll show. be back for a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Big them tight. All right. Yeah. Lead them out. Say your top peace. Pop them hat. Lady,
4: all. Peace and love.